All right, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to Chopping It Up with P. Scott. I'm Prescott Kelly. Today is Sunday, October 1st of the month. I got my boy Zed and Matt Zabrowski chopping it up with me today. We're going to talk the Damian Lillard sweepstakes that went to my to Milwaukee. We're going to talk the huge trade from the Boston Celtics to a tongue of Iloa. Coach Prime and everything else in between. You can catch us on Spotify. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, smash the spice and reviews. Zed and Matt Zabrowski, how you guys doing today? Always glad to have you back with us. What's going on, man? It's been a while. What's going on, man? Doing it's been all right. Way too long for you, Zabrowski. I am mad at you. Life busy. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Zed, good to have you back in the building as well, man. I always I love you. Like it's so weird because I told you guys it would be the Matt Zeb Browski podcast. Basically, we got to make this like a regular occurrence. If all three of us in the mic, we got to name it that and just kind of roll with it. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's creative. That's cool with me. I like it. it. <laughs> so what I want to get to, we got a lot of topics to get to. But Zeb, you were very <laughs> passionate about what you wanted to say about Deion Sanders, Kyra Buffaloes. We haven't talked about this before we got on the mic, but what was the thing that you wanted to like really express to the nation? Uh, the, main, the main thing is with coming to Colorado, everything is, I think people are literally taking it and not giving it the actual recognition that it actually deserves. In the my recognition opinion. and the context. Yes. In terms of context. Um, what I mean by that is people that really listen, follow college football to the degree that I do and probably a couple other people that I'm close to, they know for a fact that Colorado as an institution is absolutely horrid in college football. That's, that's, been, a, that's been a thing for many years. They got that for years. Um, here's something that people keep forgetting. Colorado's literally been in the Pac-12 for, not include this year, 12 years. One winning season. One. Oof. That's, that's accurate? Not even one. That's very accurate. That's, that's ac- that, that is accurate, yeah. They stick. One. One winning season in the Pac-12. I know they've been bad, but, like, that's straight booty juice. Yes, because I think, if I remember Jeez. correctly, I think uh, Matt can help me out on this part. I think they capped. Uh, into the Pac-12 in 2011, I want to say, like, yeah, yes, and that's literally right when Saban era kind of kicked off a battle. So like, that's why I kind of can know. But that's 12 years and one winning season. They have been putrid that long. There's nothing. So they were the Detroit Lions of the NCAA, basically. You can kind of <laughs> throw it in that particular way, maybe. I saw a smirk, Matt. <laughs> but um. I mean, you could probably say that a little bit there. I mean, I could probably throw in Vanderbilt as well, too. But that's another whole other discussion. Um, hey, Jay Culler doesn't want to hear that. And well, that's why he's employed, unemployed now. But <laughs> <laughs> This is what I'm talking about. Throw hands, dog. But for, for people that, that don't really follow, they don't know that particular fact. So right. we are literally coming in to a situation where Colorado really replaced their head coach, I think, four times out of the last five years. They haven't found any consistency. They haven't found any 
kind of rhythm. They haven't found anybody to come in and say, hey, this is what we're going to do to better the program. <laughs> then you insert a guy like Deion Sanders, who's always been big energy, always been big expectation, and he usually delivers. High school, he delivered. Jackson State, he delivered for the most part for HBCUs. And now he's there to literally grab attention. And he's done that literally in a matter, in a matter of months. He's Yeah, How, he's, he is absolutely have a stranglehold on college football as far as the, the numbers and the attention. He's done his yes. job. And Colorado has made their money tenfold because of that and, man. And then if they make a bowl game, oh, which it's is only six, six wins, they're going to – a bowl game for a six-win team is like the Boca Raton Bowl. Usually, it's yes. an empty. It's an empty bowl. I bet you a ton of for people Dion? go go to see it just because it's Colorado. It's Dion. Like people talk about Colorado as if like they won eight games last year. They won like one game last year. They stink. They, that is horrible. always that has always been my argument. Is like yeah, I hop on the Dion train because I realize like Colorado football used to mean something when you had Cordell Stewart and Rashawn Salam. Like those were the dudes. But it's been 30 years, and they've been irrelevant basically since then. So, yeah, are people on the Dion hype train? I'm on it too. I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. I'm the Colorado Buffaloes Bills fan. Like that's my that is my lineage to college football because I don't have a team. Yeah, Colorado is not going to win a national championship. But yeah, I understand also that they've already tripled their win total. Yes. What else do you want? Like this whole thing is. Abs- it's absurd to me when we look at where they are to where they are now, where they were to where they are, and thinking that Dion's just bringing them a championship. No, he has made them relevant in that culture. Like, I'm not a big culture guy either because I think I think it can be over-explained. It can be oversimplified. But when you already have three more wins or two more wins than you did last season, he's clearly doing something right. Yes. He absolutely is, and that's the problem right there. Because remember the last uh, podcast I was on, I said this. We excuse people when we like them. When we don't like them, now it's a problem. It's not only it's not only just that, but, like, we liked Coach Prime initially, and this is where the back and forth, and, like, you and I, the, between the three of us, I know that we understand this, but most people don't as Whatever you just did for me is the most relevant thing, the most thing I like. So when it comes to Dion, one week, one, two, and three, he's the greatest head coach. He's gonna he's going to elevate this squad to another level. Then he loses a the game. Then he's overrated. No, that's that's not how this works. It is absolutely a building block process. But sports fans can't like compartmentalize it to Matt. What do you what do you have on that? And he lost a game that, if you watch college football or know anything about college football, Oregon's a really good team. It, uh, the the fact that people were, people were like, "Oh, they're so good, they should beat Oregon." Oregon's really good. They're they're a they top were, ten to fifteen team every year. At they the have beginning a great defense. of the season, basically. And I know Bo Nix gets a lot of hate because he stunk at you know Auburn, but he's developed. He's also forty two years old. Yeah, but he's really good. So people are like, "Well, they couldn't. They, they're supposed to be Oregon." I'm like, "No, they're not." They're, they they weren't supposed to beat Oregon and they got beat beat up pretty good. Now, yesterday with USC, I thought them putting up those second half points shows cracks and uh, it it helps show how you can beat USC because USC doesn't have a defense. You can score on them. Um, they weren't going to win that game either because they just weren't going to score as many points. But those are games where I'm like they're not they're not going to win these games. They're not supposed to. And if they do, that's a plus. But 
all the people who don't want Dion to do well building this thing like though they should win because he's hyping his team up like what do you want Dion to tell his team you know what guys we're going to be mediocre that's not Dion right. Sanders Look, I, want, I want to bring up one question before because I, I had this segment that I used to run called dumbest I have seen on the internet this week and it's usually sports stuff and it's if it's really bad I don't call people out which I'm not going to do because it was dumb but I remember seeing yesterday someone say well Shador Sanders up his probability of being a top five pick with yesterday's performance. And I was like, most people think he's a top five pick anyways. So like, what are you doing? Is it just because it's USD and it's, you can't really move up that much if you were already projected that far. Does that, does that seem outlandish? Because again, I'm not going to call this person out because I'm not trying to, you know, belittle anybody on the interwebs. If you have a good point, I will give you credit. If you have a bad take, which this was, I'm not going to call you out. But, like, how the hell are you going to say that he improved his status as a top-five quarterback when he was already projected that? Like, what what are you doing, Don? It's just to try to sound smart. And, like, it's just, I don't, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. He's not going to. The only way he elevates himself is if he goes in and throws five touchdowns, and they beat USC or they beat Oregon by forty. By, yeah, they got they got to beat USC by like forty points. To, they covered the they the covered game. the twenty one and a half point spread, and it yeah. always kills me when I bet the over and I didn't bet on this game, but because it's such a lock that usually USC is going. But I but in this instance, it, I knew Colorado wasn't going to lose like they lost to Oregon because just. USC's defense isn't there. So whoever that, that guy was, I don't know. That's just a, a stupid thing to say. I can go ahead and put it in the uh, – I'll put it in the chat later. I'll give him a little bit, though. I will give him a bit, a little bit of benefit of doubt, and I'll tell you why. He oh, the probably, person who commented initially? Yes. Okay. I'll give him I'll give him a little bit, and i say this. Um, he probably said that in the context of he had Shador, like most people, way out of draft position like rankings because he came from hbcu because if we're being honest and i think me as well as a couple other people which includes uh jds we're big on watching hbcus anyway and they don't get their proper recognition they deserve so no one really oh, knew sure, what shador was actually capable of as far as a, a player then he hit the big stage and no one really expected a whole lot out of him then he exploded for TCU, which got him literally in the spotlight. Was he top five necessarily? Then I would say no, not yet. He got him attention. Then he doubled back on it with the Nebraska uh, performance, which was really good. Even though for me, he started slow and that whole offense did. Then he literally had his Heisman performance against the rival. Because you have to have that time. moment, right? You got to have that yes. Heisman moment. Yes, you got to have at least one to kind of really solidify yourself. So after Colorado State, I would I put him in mind me like as a position rank for quarterback in the draft. I'm like, yes, he's top five now, no question about it. His skill already, his skill set proved it. His poise, what he's been doing for three weeks, kind of says yes, he's top five, no question about it. Well, how high you put him is fine. It just depends on can you validate it because he's not going to be over Caleb, he's not going to be over Michael Penix, and he's not going to be over Bo. So after okay. those three are gone, who else do you have above him? This okay, so this is the reason why I brought it up is because he said he improved it, and I got into back and forth with this one dude, and he said he improved it, and I said, "No." Well, what do you mean? He goes, "Well, now he's, this is verbatim, now 
he's only a top three quarterback. I was like, no. oh, so he was number two and he slid to number three or he was number four and bumped up to number three? Dog, you are nitpicking at this point in time. We're not yes. going from a we're not going from a fifth round draft pick to a second round draft pick up of one game. You're literally sliding him up from top five to number three. Dog, you better go ahead and check that. That is not moving your draft stock up. Also, he could just sit out a game if or he, he could sit out of here if he wants to. Caleb Williams and Shador Sanders don't need the NFL. They don't need it. If you don't want to play for the Bears or the Jets, don't play for them. It's not that <laughs> difficult. <laughs> and that's fair. And I definitely agree with that part. I was that I am definitely on board with you two because he I, to me he didn't improve on yesterday. All he did was anything just solidify. Because at this particular we all, point, we all really think be. he's a top five, top ten guy, regardless of what the draft yes. order. Because that, that's the thing too is like when it comes to draft orders, the needs can kind of be skewed. Yes. But regardless of who's in the top ten, there is going to be a a team that needs at least a quarterback after the top two picks, he's going to get picked top 10. Regardless. And someone, someone deep in the draft or who's desperate or move up, is, is going to move up and pay a ransom. It's not, and it's, it's going to be because of what you see on the field. It's also because of the name, because you think if prime could do it, this kid has the talent. He has yep. the pedigree. Um, that's it, the, his dad knows the NFL. Um, so it would just like you would think that he, the kid's going to come in and do all the things the right way because his dad did things the right way during his career. It was just it's just and it's a freak athlete. So, um, but it's funny with Colorado, the goalposts move like, when they beat. Um, it always moves when they beat Colorado always. State. They're like they're like oh well it's just Colorado State when they beat um, TCU. Uh, TCU. They're like well TCU's not as good as last year. Okay, well we knew that, but they should be better than Colorado. And right. then when they and then and then um, who's the second game that they played? Nebraska. Nebraska. When they played Nebraska, everyone's like, "It's just Nebraska." They stink. I like, but Nebraska got guys that are highly recruited all over mm-hmm. that team. They just can't Colorado coach their way out of like thirteen four star recruits. Like yes. it's <laughs> something they like fourteen. Like Alabama has like seven hundred billion. Yeah, yeah, and so, that's, that's crazy because like like like, uh, like Zabrowski just said, like. You can't sit there and just continue to keep moving the goalposts, and that's my biggest gripe with this whole Colorado thing. Like it's it's annoying because for football purposes, it doesn't make sense. Because like like Matt just said, TCU was literally ranked 17th. They didn't put themselves there. People literally thought they were highly ranked for that particular reason. And Even that was they, my argument is like if you were in the if you were in the national championship game and you were number two and you slid number 17 and no games were played, clearly that, people thought lesser of you. Than yes. what you want. Absolutely, they did. And then, and then that Colorado game, they literally played on the road at Fort Worth. No one gave no, not many people gave them that win. And then they won in impressive fashion. It's a that true road. It's a, a true, road, it's a true game. road game, which does not happen a lot, and so they don't get enough credit for that. And which is, is exactly, is, is, it's a true road game because you look at teams like these stats coming up, like where like Florida State hasn't played a game out of the state of Florida. A, a true road game in like 30 years where they've yes. been on the truly on the road for a road game. Um, it, it's crazy. Like Alabama's kind of the same way. Uh, you don't realize it until those stats come out. So to go on the road and Zeb, beat a Zeb team. is going to fight you. You guys, you guys aren't that far of a driving distance from each other. You better watch your mouth. <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll get on that point in a minute, even though I honestly, for that particular point, I do agree. I'm not too mad about that one. But that's no, how college football works. No, you guys are supposed to fight. This is what sports is supposed to be about. It's entertainment. It's argumentative. Zeb, 
fight Matt in the streets about if, dogging Alabama. If I was Alabama and I was that big of a like, I'm an Ohio State fan. So Ohio, mm. Ohio State, you know they they play they don't play a lot of true road games either. They do, but the big time schools don't have to play true road games. We can play on a neutral site because those lesser schools, a, a Colorado, yeah, they're going to exactly come to you. Yes. So it's yes. it's a business thing, and it, and it is. I would do the same thing if I was. That's how I would schedule if I could. I mean, every team in the country would schedule that way if they had the ability to do so. But not everyone's Alabama or Florida State or Ohio State. Other teams just can't do that because they don't have the cachet. That's true. Yeah. And like I say, and like I say but the whole car there is it's annoying though. It really is annoying. I think I, I think I heard too many people come on now because the whole. The whole thing about Colorado now is, hey, they're too cocky or they're too confident or, you know, it's all about hype, this, that, and other. And in the same breath, the same people saying it were literally Jets fans that literally had Rex Ryan as their coach who severed and beat their chest for for years without winning anything. So I'm just looking at them sideways like you're literally upset that this man is on national TV saying what he want to do, what he wants his team to do, and blase, blase. But in the same breath, I had to sit here and listen to Fat Rex Ryan go on TV talking about he's going to sit there and beat the Pacers and didn't do it that often. Then I can look at Bart, 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 Bart Scott and his interviews. Oh, yeah. Do you like Dude, that? Bart Scott is the worst. <laughs> he's like, terrible. I gotta, come on. Come on, fam. Like, it makes no sense. And uh, that defend, those fans kill me. And I, I know a couple of them already, and I hope they listen. And I, I got all the smoke in my all the time. <laughs> Please say something, because you sound ridiculous. This is what I wanted. <laughs> I want this kind of flair. <laughs> so it it makes what, no right? sense, bro. So, again, right, so we'll wrap up Colorado talk pretty quickly. But, again, as they've already got three wins, I don't have their schedule in front of me. But, again, they won one game last year. Zeb, Matt, total wins for Colorado before we move on. Do you see it? If I if I set the if I set the line at five and a half, or we'll find a five and a half, over or under five and a half total wins for Colorado this year? Over. I'll go over. They have a tough schedule. I mean, Oregon State's no slouch. UCLA's good. Utah, uh, the Pac-12 uh, on its it it's not going to be the same next year. So it's odd that they're maybe the strongest conference in football right now, uh, from top to bottom. This year, I would say, I would say from top to bottom, they they're probably but they only the have best. like three schools there, don't they? The, the uh, two pack, the, the two pack, twelve. This is yeah. So this would be the last year as we know them right now. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I would definitely say over though, because like I, said, I know they got Utah coming up, but you know you never know what Utah. They they literally just lost. This past Thursday, when I thought they were going to win that one too, so Pac-12 is very unpredictable. They kind of they'll like get, ACC. You, they'll get six wins. <laughs> I think they'll get at least six. I got them at like six or seven. They, they get a bowl win, like they get a bowl game, get to a bowl. I think they hopefully get the bowl win. But I want to see what happens next year with a complete full recruiting cycle with Dion. Now, that's Dude, what I'm waiting to they, see. If they can somehow improve just the trenches, mm-hmm. just offensive and defensive line. That's going to be a ten-win game or ten-win program next year. And their depth—that's yes. bonkers. Like, yeah. They are very thin, not even just like by depth, but by who they have. They are thin. They are not real SEC-type dudes. If you get SEC-type dudes, offensive and defensive line, Colorado's going to run that joint next year if they can actually get people in that program. 
Yeah, that yeah, kid Hunter, the kid Hunter for Colorado is out, and him being they don't have depth, so you just you're just throwing some. No, I'm not yeah. saying the the kid who played uh, for him is a bad player. He's just not on the same level. So he's a Travis that, Hunter. Whereas yeah, whereas Alabama has four of those guys somewhere yeah, on yeah. their roster where they Basically. could just plug and play. So it's uh, people don't understand that, and then I can't wait till next year because if they're already hated by some of these folks, if they start winning at a, at a pace to where they can actually win a national championship. Those people's minds are just going to explode. I just, it's, it's going to be good. It's going to be great. Absolutely. Don't they move well for not just the presidential election? Because they oh, yeah. move conferences next year anyway, too. They're going to go to like the, uh, the Big Twelve next year. Or yeah, is that another year. Oh I yeah, think, so they go to the Big Twelve with no Texas, no Oklahoma. <laughs> they could run it, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's true. I wasn't even thinking about that. And the Big Twelve needs that after losing those two teams. I mean, yes. That, yeah, that, so. so, you know, I if I'm the Big 12, I'm like, yes. And then everyone else is just going to be upset when they win 10 games. And it's a 12-team playoff, remember. So, mm-hmm. they, oh, they, that's, that's right, yeah. So, so, you get Dion in the Big 12. They win 10 games. They get to a playoff. They, they, they likely have some of the highest rated games. And people might hate that, but I think it's great for college football. And totally agree. All right, we'll tell you what. Let's go ahead and move on to the association. <laughs> so the Bucks go ahead and land Damian Lillard. I had a little uh, live stream the other day about it. I want to know for you, and there, there's been moves also today as far as uh, Drew Holiday being moved as well, but let's just go ahead and stay on topic like for a moment with Damian Lillard to the Bucks. Do you guys like the move? Do you think that it increases the Bucks' chances? Or do you think that it puts them a step back versus what they gave up? Uh, um, I, I, I like the I like the addition. Um, I, it gives them a, another guy who could score. Um, I guess I'm not calling him a microwave score, but the guy can drop 50 any night. Um, defensively, he might be a liability, which is you lose to Drew Holiday, but. You, which you lose in defense, you gain an instant offense, which is sometimes what they lacked if they weren't, if, if they didn't have Middleton. Uh, you know, Middleton's a good defender, um, but he also health concerns. So I, I understand why they had to give up Drew in order and whatever else they gave up just to get Dame. I think I thought it made him the best team in the East until I found out that what happened today with the Celtics. So. That, <laughs> So they're just going move for move. But I will have to say, out of all this, Portland has done a fabulous job of moving Dame. You like what Portland's done. Because the kids, is it Scoot Anderson? I forgot his name. He was the number two draft pick for them, right? Mm -hmm. Scoot Anderson, yeah. 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 He's going to, everyone thinks he's supposed to, it's going to be really good. Now you add these other pieces to it. Um, They're already putting pieces around him to, I'm not going to, they're not going to contend. But you have to start somewhere, and if you believe in this kid's talent, I believe that with what they've done and what they've moved and the draft picks they've gotten back and some of the talent they're going to get back, um, they've done well. They can't do any worse than they did last year, right? So uh, they're only going to go up. They they look like they can probably make the playoffs or at least to play in, which is you know much better than what they did with Dame on their team well, this my, past my, year. Miami almost lost a play-in game and then was in the finals. So that's exactly the whole reason why, like, you have like when you have these opportunities, you got to yeah. see them, and that's what yeah, like you said, if you can get into the dance, that's all you want as far but as I, opportunities. But I did like I did like what the the Bucks did by getting Dame. It shows uh, Giannis that they're serious about still contending. Um, mm-hmm. Offensively, they're gonna they're gonna be really good. They'll take a step back on defense, 
but I think most teams in the NBA they they don't play defense until you really have to. Um, and, that, and yeah. So I mean, it, yeah, that's that, that's kind of where I'm at. Before I pass it to Zeb, when we look at this trade in a vacuum, immediate. I w- when I say immediate return, I would say the next two years. Who do you think won that trade more than the other? Go ahead, Zeb. No, that, that, that was for you. I was, I was, oh, for I'm, me, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I apologize. I'm going to pass it to Zeb, but I want to see, like, in a vacuum, the, in a, a two-year window, who do you think actually won that trade? It's the the bucks because they're instant contenders if they get one chip out of this that's worth everything that you gave up to get dame and um you know i the nba i don't think we're going to see a lot of dynasties moving forward because of how many players move around so if you can trade some assets and some high draft picks and some players that you like uh, uh, drew holiday is a coveted player they love drew holiday i think anyone would like drew holiday on their team Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And he, so he, got it, moved. He, got, he, he was there for 19 minutes and got moved. Yeah. And so I, I just I like I like what the Bucks did. And I, I think for the next two years, I mean, it's going to look like they won unless something drastic happens and someone gets hurt. And it just sure. it's it's a whole mess. But um, I as a Cavs fan, it hurts me to say I the Bucks, you know, I, I think, like I said, as of the time that that happened before the Celtics trade went down. I thought they were going to be the best team in the East because I think this is kind of like when the Celtics kind of got their big three. Um, you have now three established veterans um, in the Bucks starting lineup. Two have won a title. Dame's coming in. He's got a lot of experience. He's really good. Um, different than Kevin Garnett, obviously, but offensively he's bringing something they've they, they've never had is just the guy who can get his own bucket whenever he wants. That's fair. Zeb, what do you think as far as like a two-year window – who do you think won that trade? Or you can even go longevity. Uh, it's always it's always hard to tell with these draft picks because we've seen people. You had the first overall pick, and the, the Clippers take Michael Owell Candy. Like we have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> the Candy Man, oh, baby. The Candy Man, dog. <laughs> but but like as far as in, the, in, in this two year window, what who do you think won between the Bucks and Blazers? No doubt for me, it's the Bucks. Um, pretty much for everything Matt said. Um, it absolutely gives them instant offense. It definitely, for the for the, I think the biggest point Matt made, it keeps Giannis around long term because there was rumors around that he was pretty much like, hey, if you don't get me help, I'm, I'm I might leave, <laughs> and I can't blame him. He almost pulled like a Kobe move back when, like in the early 2000s. It was like, hey, you gotta got get so Kyle Gasol or something. You after this. I got so many he, questions for you about this after that. <laughs> That's, that's what it felt like to me, though. Like, because literally, everybody, like, say, I think we said in another podcast too. It, it, no one talks about that Kobe demand trade, but it actually happened. He kind of yep. threw it out there, and they made a move. Giannis did the same thing. Like, hey, look, give me somebody, that, or I'm out of here because I, I want to know if you're serious about winning. And now here's Dame. So it keeps him around for the long time term. Dame gives you offense. He's not a, the greatest defender, like Matt said, but he does enough. But you look around and guys don't have to sit there and drop 40 points a game <laughs> or anything like that. You can somebody else can drop 30 and then y'all can sit there and just do a little bit of everything, what he's capable of doing as arguably the best player in the league. So short term for two years, I think they're going to probably end up pulling probably at least one national uh, NBA title. And then let's say you still oh, have to continue so with Boston. You have them winning a title in the next two years. I think they can. I think I, I got them definitely in there. Yeah. You think so too? I think they have, as good a shot as anybody it's just like when i um 
when the Lakers got Anthony Davis, I go their window with because I only thought LeBron would be there for a couple years. They've got a two-year window from the first time they got uh, Anthony Davis to win at least one title um, or possibly two. But after that, they weren't going to do it. And I feel the same way about this: is they're in a two-year stretch where they have an app. They, they can definitely win the title because the East is probably better than the West outside of Denver, who um, is really really good. Um, but I think they have just as good a shot as anybody it, to win a title. Um, then the Celtics, Denver are the three that really come to mind as far as the three three teams that I can see that will be there for the next two years. Um, you know, Phoenix only has one guy left over from their championship run. They're a different team. That's just Devin Booker and then a whole bunch of new dudes around them. Um, yeah, I just – they have a really good shot to win a title in the next two years. So I, I say they get one. Yes. So if I if I can, because I like to play devil's advocate when it comes to these types of things. Like I I, I love, like I relish in this moment. So if the Bucks get Damian Lillard and he gives them their buckets, Giannis is the only person besides Dame who can really create his own shot. When you get to this, when you get to this point of the NBA, and this is the way that I look at it, at least is I need one stud. The the NBA has moved to the way that we interpret it is it's three and D, right? Play defense, shoot threes. And Giannis can be a defensive player of the year candidate, but he can't shoot. And he's not a great creator. He looks like he looks like Bambi playing on ice. Like he he's very awkward when he's when he's playing. I'm not a huge Giannis fan. I know a lot of people are. This is just me. This is this is a personal vendetta, and I own it. But you got rid of Grayson Allen, who is a punchable face, but <laughs> a really but a really good three point shooter. And you 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 don't have the three point shooters. If I'm an NBA team, what I want is a guy who can create a guy like Giannis, but he's not a great real facilitator. He's not. It's yes, he can get assists but I don't trust him to make the correct play. I always expect him to Euro step, break his ankle, and then do whatever he's going to do. You getting Dame is going to give you, like you said, it's going to give you 30 points a game. He can obviously do that. But you got rid of Grayson Allen, who I don't like by any stretch of the imagination. Lopez is old. Bobby Portis is old. Like, I don't, but between just Giannis and Dame, I don't see that being sustainable on top of the fact that in two years, and this is this has been my point, and I said this a couple of days ago on the live stream, is Giannis has been playing the United States of America as I'm loyal, same as Dame. But if you don't want me here, or if you're not going to do the best things to make us successful, I'm going to leave. But we support him, but not guys like Dame. And when Damian Lillard is making $67 million a year in two years, is, is Giannis going to want to stay? And my answer to that riddle is no, I don't believe. This is a two-year window, and I don't think they win anything. But that's just me. You guys go. I think it's a two-year window where they'll pay Dame his 67 but they'll let him walk and go out and do something else to keep Giannis you happy. You can't let him walk. They, they won't let him walk. Expiring contracts mean too much in the NBA. You've got to, you, you're, you can't, people are going to say you can't move him, but you can because it means, it means something on your actual books. I, 
I still think you know, I I don't know. You make you, you make a, a valid point, but I just I I don't see how they choose to keep. So you're saying, do you think that Giannis leaves and then they choose? They're stuck with Lillard at, at his old age because of the money on the books. What I think might happen is that if they don't win a championship this year, because um, Lillard is under contract, I think for the next three years. I'd have to look that, that up. Three? That sounds that sounds that sounds about right. I, I think it's the next three, maybe four. It's, it's somewhere in that ballpark. And Giannis is what on the contract for the next what two years? I think so. I believe. But what he's but what he's but what he's been doing is using the like the. America loves the the loyalty stance, but Zeb, Zeb, okay, this this is the thing. Zeb, yes, I see you because we as a society love to hear that, but we don't believe in it. No, we don't. Because I'm, I'm sitting here right now shaking my head because don't I, believe in it. I, I absolutely hate the whole loyalty factor. I hate that angle. I've hated it when LeBron did the decision. I hated it when... Um, Boston made the original big three. I hate it when Dame started talking about it. I was like, look, bro, let's just keep it a stack. The, the NBA, NFL, all the pro leagues, they are a business. You cannot sit there and pledge your loyalty to a business when they're going to get rid of you at the drop of a hat. They're going to do what's best Thank for them. Thank you. And, and that it point makes, it makes no sense. The point you made about the Cavaliers fan, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge Cavaliers fan. I've been my whole life. And when LeBron James left, like I was one of the few who, like, I understood why he left. I like, I got it. Like, I it's they're not going to do any more than they can because of the market that they're in, and they weren't able to get the players around LeBron, and he had to make a business decision, and he went and won his titles, and he came back, and he got his title with Cleveland. Um, but there was a lot of people who didn't understand how you how can you just leave Cleveland? I'm like. It's a business decision. I'm. Well, he gave by, him like eight, nine years of his life. And yeah, and the goal, anything. his goal is to win titles, not just get booted in the second round of the playoffs and ridiculed because he's got Drew Gooden as the second best player. Like he, you know, so you have to go and you have to go and get do what you need to do it, because they're. It's just like any corporation. Once you once you're not valued anymore, they'll just get rid of you. Yes, it, it's you know what I mean. Like it's not, it it's just not uh, feasible in this day and age. You can't be that naive to still think that there's loyalty in sports. People can try well, and anyway. they can say whatever they want. Like Dame, I applaud him, but don't come out and say it and over and over and over because what's going to happen is you're going to want out one day and people are going to just jump back and, and be see, like, "This is what and, you said." See, that is, I've been saying that for the last three years and nobody wanted to listen to me. I was like, yo, everyone's going to love Dame for the loyalty aspect, but he's going to want to win. He's going to want to get out because you can't win there. And then he does it and he's going to get love from his supporters, but not Portland. And Giannis is doing the exact same thing of I'm loyal here, but no, not really. But they're making, they're making the best decision for them, which I have no problem with whatsoever. Zeb, go ahead, my man. I definitely agree with everything about that because, like I just said earlier, lo- the loyalty in sports to me is equivalent to patriotism in America. It's overhyped, way overhyped, way overused. It's just a pretty much a slogan or a phrase used just to sit there and pretty much get attention. That's all it it's is. It's like protect the shield with the NFL. Yes, no one's protecting that shield. And no. Roger Goodell can literally get on TV right now and say, player safety, player safety, player safety. 
But someone that's in my position as a medical professional looking at the TV, like you're full of crap. Because if it was about player safety, you would literally make it about player safety, <laughs> literally, without destroying the right. game. There's there's many ways he can actually make the game better without doing a whole lot. He just is just not he's not doing it. And you can't tell me that the brainiacs in the league, that's the big ways that make the big decisions, aren't doing that. They're giving him ideas. He's just not using it. Same thing with Dame and all this loyalty stuff. Um, Lord, I'm going to bring a title to the city. I want to do this for my city. Uh, yes, this, that, and other. Okay, that's cool to hear. It's cool to keep your fans involved. He got, it's paid, cool. to, he got paid to say it, though. You're only, yeah, as loyal, yeah. you're only as loyal as your options. You know what I mean? That's, that's true. That's, and that's, that is that is well, true. that's a really good point. That's a really and, good way of putting that. And, and we found out how loyal Portland was, too, because literally, and I think I said it in, in, to a couple friends as well, the man literally sat there and said, hey, I want out. Portland said, okay, where would you want to go? And, and soon his biggest mistake was saying, I want to go to Miami. Because now and you made it literally. Not even, just, not even just his agent. He made it public. That yes. is where you lose all leverage. Because I, because as a Heat fan, I love the idea of, of Dane coming here. But as soon as he sounded like, do this you is think not there was happen. collusion, by the way, Zeb? Do you think there was collusion? No. For I him going to Milwaukee and not Miami? Because I want to no. get it from a Miami Heat fan. No. I'll tell you why. Because I didn't know. I am under the impression, probably as the 1% of Miami Heat fans anyway, that we weren't going to get them. I wanted them, but we weren't going to get them because we have nobody to give. <laughs> we have no picks. We have no talent. We just have a bunch of undrafted, pretty much, you know, street ballers off the stride so, of the side of the street like that, the park playing ball. The way, the way that I've always kind of looked at it is that because when I look at the Miami Heat have done a really, really good job over the past at least five to ten years of they seem to develop guys and the, the, the heat culture is like the thing, right? So what it feels like is you can bring anybody in and just make them a re- Max Struess, nobody knew about it. And now he's making like $50 million a year. Like there's other, like there's dudes that Pat Riley seems to just get. Jovich is another dude. He's like 18. He's supposed to be a stud. Like, they seem to know where to get guys and get in the value because that's when it comes to sports and the economics is like you have to find the wins in the margin. So New England was good with that in football. They would find the wins between the margins even they weren't that talented. Miami and the Heat have done that post-LeBron is they find the wins between the margins. Like they've been to two NBA finals in the last four years, and like Jimmy Butler and Bam and Abayo being your two best players, like you found a way to cultivate talent, and maybe that's the reason why they didn't get Dame Lillard. Is we've set a price, we're not going to go anything above that. But yeah, yeah, they said a Pat price. Riley's also on his last leg. Like you got to if you're if you're trying to get one more ring before you hang it up, maybe you should swing for the fences, dog, and overpay. If, so, I, if that's what you're trying to do. I probably so, but at the same time, for the Heat, I say uh, we already knew that Jimmy Butler was not going anywhere. He solidified until he gets ready to leave himself. Bam is still a young center at 6'10", which is fine, but if you get rid of Bam, you lose what's already like for, in my opinion, for the Heat, which is size. So you can't get rid of him either. So after that, you own your next best player is Hero. How many NBA teams are really looking to grab Tyler Hero in a trade by itself? Not many. So that means you got to couple that with multiple high draft picks. That's literally crippling your future. 
and I'm someone, and I don't, I don't, I don't even, agree with that. But, but Portland didn't give up that much either. Like that, that's the whole thing. Is like when, when you when you look at what Portland gave up in relation to Milwaukee mm-hmm. on paper, Miami's offer looked better. It seemed at this point in time that they were just like you can go anywhere except Miami, Miami because you've made it public. Like that's what it felt like to me. And I'll give you that too because it did sound crazy. Because I'm glad he said it again because I'm a fan. But I was, but like you just said too, making it public pretty much put a target on Miami's head. On Miami's head is like okay, that's where he really wants to go. That's where he really wants to be happy at. Let's go anywhere else. <laughs> Send him no, to, to Milwaukee. <laughs> You go to Milwaukee. <laughs> I'm like, and there's and there's absolutely. There's I, I hear the Orlando Magic needs somebody, <laughs> anybody but Miami. And like I say, like you just said, we've seen what Miami has done with very little talent. But we already know that Pat Riley, he wants, he loves superstars. He wants another big three. He well, he's them. been swinging. That's the whole thing with when it comes to to Riley. Like he swung and he swung big in like 2010, but he's been whiffing since 2013. Yes. He's he's constantly trying to chase it and you think you all think jimmy's a whiff like they've been to four eastern conference finals two finals right no so i I, okay so i I appreciate what you're saying because i know i'm not saying that jimmy butler is not a great basketball player but if we're looking in the scope and if we're looking the scope of what we consider Mm -hmm. whales jimmy butler was not considered a he's a great basketball player and i and I think that he's gotten a bad rap because everywhere he goes, it's it's Philadelphia, it's Minnesota. It's like, and this is the this is absolutely the bullshit that pisses me off when it comes to professional sports. Is if you're losing, he's a cancer. If you're winning, he's the guy who's in, who embodies what you're trying to do, and you're just picking and choosing. Jimmy Butler mm-hmm. is that dude, regardless so of where saying- he plays. Jimmy. Jimmy, I'm gonna say his name. Jimmy Buckets. This guy, like, he obviously knows how to play basketball, and he's a winner. And he he's just built differently. And I don't like doing that because I think it's I think it can be overstated. It sounds corny as hell sometimes. But regardless of where he goes, he and his team wins. Like that. Like that's just kind of the bottom line. So, so you pretty much call him Jimmy Butler, the T.O. of NBA. Whoa. Let let me let me think on that because that caveat. When you say the reason why I would say no is because I feel like <laughs> God, mm. you really put me on the spot, and I, I I don't really have anything because Terrell Owens has won everywhere, and sometimes make not sometimes he makes things about him. I don't feel like mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler usually like makes things about him, except when he was doing the whole like that was funny. But I don't consider Jimmy Butler to be a look at me kind of guy. But when we're looking at things outside, when we're getting information from like practice squads and they're, and they're saying, well, Jimmy Butler took the second squad and beat the starters and was calling out Carl Anthony Towns, I don't consider him to be a, a bad teammate. It's just, he's just built differently. But everywhere he's gone, he's won. But I think that him being compared to T.O. is relatively fair. I don't think it's. But it's hard for me to kind of argue it, though. I get what he's. I get what he's saying. Yeah, but on it's. I think in basketball, it's because he's 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 got the ball in his hands more than I guess Tio ever did. But their whole thing's like, I'm kind of an asshole, and we're gonna win, and 
this is the attitude in which we're going to win with. And it says Tio is a me guy, but at the end of the day, he put up his numbers and he did everything you asked for in a player. And everywhere he went, he won. And I don't yes. care if you want to act like a jackass and you give me 120 yards and two touchdowns every Sunday and you do your job, that's football. That's, I, I, that's, that's exactly what that is. And it's not even just sports. That's work in general. You can yeah. be a, a complete, absolute head, but as long as you perform... Go ahead, dog. I, but if, I have, if, if you're if you're a jerk and you suck at what you do, no, man, we don't have we don't have time for that. I coach little league and I have a kid on my team. It's the coach, and he's son. a jerk. You're, Great you're kid. a jerk, don't you? He and he, but he's yes, absolutely. And my boy is very is a lot more sensitive. Um, and I tell him, I go, this is a, a microcosm of life, kid. Like he's on your team. You might not like him. But you can learn more from him, and he can learn more from you because you guys are totally different people. You're not going to like everyone you work with, but you'll respect his hustle because of how much he puts into it, even if he is a jerk. And he can learn from you the same way. You've got to learn to work together. Regardless if he's an asshole sometimes, you got to learn, excuse my language, you got to learn to work with people you might not like because that's part of life. And even if you don't like them, they could bring something to the table that you can't, and, and it's vice versa. And and I, so I, I, I try to tell him that I know he could be a jerk sometimes, but you've got to learn to work with people that you always don't get along with because, like I said, you'll learn something from them. Um, and I just think that kind of applies to um, uh, someone in the locker room and, and on a basketball team, even more so on a basketball team because it's only, what, 12, 13 guys, whereas on a football team there's 55 60 dudes and the locker room's kind of split in half. So, um, but it's just like my, like a microcosm for life is what I tried to explain to him. Um, you're just going to run into that in everyday life. So get used to working um, with people you might not enjoy, but you can respect them at the same time. I think that's perfectly said. We got some, oh, we got some comments. Oh my God. I've had this thing open for the last 30 minutes and it was just Mario just <laughs> absolutely blasting the chat room of poor Jay, Colorado. I saw this. Damn it. That was 30 minutes ago. We were already past that. So, Mario, I love you. I don't know why the hell this thing is on such a delay, but let's go ahead and move on. So, we'll go back to basketball for a moment. And the Celtics made another move. They got Drew Holiday. Do you guys think that that's a great move or a bad move? I have an opinion that has not been received very well. But what are you guys considering as far as Boston Celtics, what they gave up? And again, we're talking like a short window. That's my my thought process. I'm taking it at a short window with the Celtics getting through holiday. What are you guys' opinions on it? Um, go ahead. Okay. Well, Bias' opinion is I hate it because I'm a Heat fan, and I'm tired of Celtics being in my way. <laughs> I love the honesty, dog. Get it in. I, I, I hate it, but if I'm going objective, like I try to do for a lot of a lot of different subjects, particularly sports, it's a good move. I think so. Um, it definitely adds toughness. It adds um, a nice little layer of, of someone else that can get their own shot. Um, Jalen Brown doesn't have to do everything. Jason Tatum can sit there and kind of do what he needs to do. Um, they had to give up, a, but they gave a pretty good bit though, because I really they did like Grant Williams and uh, and Robert Williams. I thought they were really good assets for the team because they were headaches as a and as a complete team. They gave up toughness. They gave them grit. 
they gave him versatility. They gave some gave him some offense too. So they were pretty well balanced with those guys too. So you you gained with Drew, but you also lost a good bit of your core and a good bit of your bench to kind of make a longevity type, you know, progression. So it's 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 it depends on how you really wanna look at it. Just for off just Drew alone, I think it's good. But if you're looking at it like we did with the Bucks and like a two year span, that's that's tough for me to kind of be like, yeah, Boston might have won this trade. I think it's a good move. Does, does it put them over the top as they necessarily the favorite of the East? That's tough to say. And before uh, Matt, I'll get to you in just a moment. Sure. Um, Mario had kind of he's just he's bombarding the the thing. Like I, like I said, we've got forty we got forty minutes of it. I actually have like live feed from him. And he said, I didn't want the C's giving up Robert uh, Robert Williams. They got beat up in the playoffs with, with him. C's got a real ball control, though, and it's an upgrade at the point guard position. Uh, ben scoring took a hit. I agree with Zeb. So Mario agrees with you, and that's kind of where I was at. Was oh, well, I'll tell you, what, I'll, give you my, I'll give you my perspective later on. So Zeb, or uh, I'm sorry, Matt, go ahead and uh, give they us got, they, they gave up uh, Malcolm Brogdon, right? And They did, yeah. Brogdon's gone. To see for me, it's almost like a lateral move because Brogdon didn't. He's a really good player, and I don't think a lot of people watched him in super uh, underrated in in Indiana because it's Indiana, and not that they're they're just not a team that you see all the time. Indiana's we'll get to the A seed, oh, and then they'll constantly play be, there anymore. So, they'll be yeah. rebuilding, yeah. So like, if you don't watch hoops, and you're I'm not saying a casual, but you don't really pay attention to the players in the NBA. He's one of the best two way players in the NBA. I just don't think he was utilized correctly last year defensively he was but they he was asked to take a step back offensively where i thought he could have helped jason tatum um and um those guys take some pressure off them to score because he can score the rock um he cre- not create his own shot all the time but he's a good shooter he's an, he's a really good he can score 20 points a game um and i know people see in the nba that's like back in the day maybe scoring 15 but uh he could still get the bucket uh the rock into the bucket and he plays defense and then robert williams that's he is, he is a big loss, and I, I know he's. I think people he, underestimate exactly how good that dude yes. is. Like I know he gets injured, but when he is available, and the best of the best thing about a player is being available. But he made a huge difference for the Celtics um, when he's out there with his energy, his rebounding, his defensive ability. He could score the ball a little bit too if you needed him to. It's not like he's you're going to rely on him to score thirty points a night, but he give you ten points, ten rebounds make the dirty plays, get some blocks, do things that don't show up on the stat sheet, uh, you know, as as far as points and stuff like that. Wait, but, um, wait, but how, does, how does that help my fantasy team if he doesn't do that? I don't. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the fantasy – some people don't watch they, – they watch – yeah, I, that's a whole other topic as far as, like – We're going to railroad just, through those noobs at some point in time. But, it, like, like, there's value in what someone does in fantasy – but it doesn't yeah. like Deshaun, Deshaun Watson to the first three weeks was a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Was he a top 10 NFL quarterback? Absolutely not. Yeah. So the, the, so there's a difference The people who live in the fantasy world, which is fun, kind of got to get out and actually watch the game. But I thought with losing Brogdon and Robert Williams, you bring in Drew Holiday offensively, probably a little bit better of a player than Brogdon, not as good defensively. So it's almost like a lateral move to me and then they have Chris Tapps Porzingis and they got him and everyone's like oh my god he's the missing piece I'm like what it's not he's not <laughs> the missing piece they were just really really happy about it I'm like they've got they're going to be great now I'm like I they 
um, not take a step back, but like, how does he? He's not going to make them any. He's going to make them more soft. Like they don't need to it's be. So it's so bonkers how people just think, oh, you're getting 25 points per game, per, like from Porzingis. That means that you get 25 more points per game. No, that's not how this works. No, like the, <laughs> that like, guy's allergic to defense and rebounding. Yeah, well, especially if, if you get 25 from him and like 20, even if we're doing a, a lateral, we're not doing anything stupid. 25 from Brown, 25 from Tatum, 25 from Porzingis. Let's just say that that happened, which won't. But let's just say it does. It's only 75 points. But to say like, oh, we got Porzingis now, we automatically got this much better. No, like that isn't how any of this works. And, and what I was saying, when... When they got Drew Holiday, and I got a lot of heat from this because I usually do, is what they're trying to do is replace Marcus Smart. So you got another good defender, a better shooter. And what you can do is you can always get a Robert Williams type of guy. Like nobody thinks that Robert Williams is the missing piece. He is he is absolutely what you need to have. You need the guy who can get you. 10 points, 10 boards, like you said, Zabrowski. Like, you need you need those guys. But they're the hunger guys. They aren't the stars. You can find another one of those dudes. So if you've got Porzingis, Tatum, Brown, and Drew Holiday, that's a hell of a four. And I think that Boston in the moment has won that trade because they can still sign, like, league veteran minimum yeah. to, to just be Robert Williams. Now, you can't replace him. I'm not trying to do that, but you can get similar stuff from a t- like a similar type of guy and be okay because Porzingis, Tatum, Brown, and Holiday, geez, that that's a stupid uh, uh, four out of five. I'd rather have Marcus Smart than um, Drew really? Holiday. It, it, really, with his age and his poor shooting, you'd rather have Smart? on the Cel- on the Celtics because I thought he was the heart and soul of their team. And when he left, and I'm not saying they, I, I just, he was, he played he point guard. He was a flopper more than anything else is what I, I saw. I, I, I'm not saying he's I, not a bad defender, but he seemed like more of a flopper than anything else. I like Marcus Smart The Bronx fans are going to come at me and come at me, dog. <laughs> I just think he, he was a leader on a team that felt leaderless, uh, that, that didn't have a leader last year. And I think that's valuable. He might not be as good a player as Drew Holiday, but I, I thought, on that team, he was a. It just felt like when he left, they they kind of missed something. Uh, a little bit of their edge wasn't there last year, like you, it was. You has don't think Holiday can replace that kind of leadership? Um, I, maybe. Wow, Zeb, you were, you were defiant, and you said no, you, he can't. No. Because I, I say that he's a better player. He's just not. As, yes. just not the leader that I think Marcus Smart is. I, yes. Because I, I was, I actually liked Marcus Smart. Like I'm one of the ones because I'm someone that that likes someone that does the dirty work. I like the grit. Go. I like I like the fight. So because you know because my, my my all-time favorite out, out, um, basketball player. Well, is I'm not up in Alaska because I won't fight you, my dog. Like, I was... So I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm being I'm being serious. I, I love the fight of Marcus Smart. Like yeah, he was scrappy. He wasn't the greatest shooter or offensive guy right there, but he did the dirty work. He did the defense. He he absolutely was the leader of that team. Which says he was basically like the Ben Wallace of guards, and and he yeah. ran the point pretty well for a guy who's not a traditional point guard. 
True. Um, Actually, that's, got, that's a really good point. That's a, that's an under that's an underappreciated value of him. I will give you that, Matt. He and he got his he got assists, and it wasn't just because, you know. I mean, obviously, you have those guys who are really good, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, but you got to have some sort of court vision. Um, and I just, like I said, I just thought it was a, a big loss for them. I don't think switching him for Porzingis and Drew Holiday, I guess together, makes sense because you're getting more talent if you. Did you guys Porzingis. even love the Porzingis trade at all? No. No. <laughs> I didn't make okay, sense. Okay, so, we're, so we're all in agreement on that. I like that. Okay, we're good. <laughs> you pretty much, what y'all pretty much said earlier, and I caught on to it too, was that he was the quote-unquote missing piece. He's been the missing piece, supposed for almost every team. Everywhere. Like, look at Dallas. Everywhere. They, they, when he went to Luka, he was like, oh, poor, they're getting Porzingis. Oh, my God, this could put him over. He's like, no, it's not. Neither one of them can play defense. Neither one of them. So it doesn't really matter because I think people get caught up in name as opposed to game. Can I ask you guys a question just like off topic? Do you think that any NBA franchise has been – I know they have a championship in the last like 12 years, but do you think that any organization overall has been – besides the Knicks, besides the Knicks, is there any franchise that's been ran more poor than Dallas? In the last – 10 years, 12 years? I, I would say last, yeah, I would say the last 10, they 12 years. More, they, 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 they beat Miami, obviously, but like it feels like De- they can't get anybody, which doesn't make any sense. They Detroit. Kyrie and, they dra- and they drafted Luka, but like, it feels like they can never get anybody, which is wild to me because Houston gets people all the time and Dallas can't for whatever stupid reason. They don't seem to land the guy that they always want. They always seem to land the deck guy. That's why I want to aim it directly at you guys. Like, it seems like they it seems like they always get the second guy that they want. Like they got Kyrie in a trade because they were desperate, I think. But long term, yeah. is that the, really the guy that you're going to pair with Luca, who's only going to be in like his fourth or fifth year? That they're going to win a title? They could score a hundred points, but you have to play you defense too. Him, and that's when they traded those guys for um, Kyrie. When they that, that was the depth that they lost. They lost guys who can defend. When they let Jalen Brunson leave because they thought a hundred million was too much for him, which I thought was a hundred million for a guy who was going to be pretty good. It blew my mind. Million, Twenty-five mil per year in the NBA is literally nothing that's anymore. That's a bargain. He was it's there. The, he was and, there. But, they, but that's what I'm saying about Dallas. Is like, dude, you guys couldn't understand that Jalen Brunson is a steal at twenty-five million, but you want to go get Kyrie. I love Kyrie as a ball handler and a player. I love Kyrie. I think he's entertaining as hell, and he's one of the most skilled players I've ever seen play. But you're telling me that $25 million a year for Jalen Brunson is too much, but you want to go get Kristaps? Got it. Jalen Brunson was already, he's young, and he was already defensively, he will, he will get, he, he was a, he's a good defender, and the scoring was coming. And it's like, you're not going to pay a two way player who's this young. $25 million is absolutely nothing That's compared a to what's in the NBA. And so he's in New yeah. York, and he's going to get paid. A king's ransom when his contract comes up, and, he, and, and it could be. He has to pay. Go play. Probably, go play in Texas, dog. He's probably only getting paid like one million a year after all the taxes comes out because if he lives in New York, other that in California, you're just getting destroyed on taxes. But like uh, fundamentally, or, or like OBJ and want to get all your money in crypto. Good job, bud. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just that's, yeah. That's OBJ a whole other topic right there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <whole> topic. <laughs> it's just. 
Dallas is poorly run from a standpoint where they should be better than they are because they have a good team, but they should, with Luka, they should have a much better team. And when Jalen Brunson was there, they were number one in defense. They went to a Western Conference final. He leaves the next year last in defense. They're out in the first round. To me, that's the impact that they lost um, by getting rid of him and just kind of getting rid of other guys to where now they don't have any depth either. Like, they, they haven't had much depth in a while is, is what it feels like to me. Here but comes Boban. Down. You know what I mean? Like, here comes Boban off the bench. Like, why is he still on an NBA team? I love Boban. Would you like some goldfish? He's great. But, like, <laughs> he doesn't – like him and Maxi Kleza. Like, who, who are these guys? Unless you watch basketball, you don't know who any of these guys are. That's a, yeah. good, that's a good, really good point, too. Because, like I said, with Dallas, like I say, I thought the whole LeBron – uh, comparison to Luca was absolutely crazy. Then a couple years from now, way in the present, I'm looking around like, "Yep, you look around. Luca's gonna probably end up leaving Dallas, much like LeBron left Cleveland. He's gonna, y'all not doing enough. I'm out of here. Bye. Like I'm too talented to be just sitting here." So let me let me ask you this because this has always been the weird dynamic. Because I want this is when it comes to like the overseas players, we always give them this leverage of, well, they're overseas, like they don't understand it. So if Luca says this, when LeBron left Cleveland to go to Miami, it was. They made a television special, which was his. I'm not trying yes. to. I'm not trying to say that he didn't do that, but that man has been crucified and ridiculed for a decade. To this day, still happens. You use a, a European player, if you, like I, I made this. I made this point earlier. Giannis, we don't do that with Luca. If Luca says, "I want to leave because of this," don't you think that the the actual Hatred is a, is a strong word, but vitriol is going to be lesser because of just where he's from yep. versus us doing. Without so a you, doubt. you agree. You you think that that's. Without a doubt. i tell you why. Remember I talked about earlier about patriotism? Yes. That's why. Because homegrown, you feel like homegrown, you, you feel like you're one of us. Like we keep you here, wherever, wherever you play at, you feel like you owe us a debt. We're spending our money. We're spending our time. You owe us to stay here. The whole rest of your life. If you leave, we're burning everything that's associated with you. We're dragging your name through the mud. You are a class A villain. The European player does it. They're not going to get that because you're not homegrown. You're not from here originally. You didn't go through the quote unquote struggle. You're not blue collar like us. You know, USA all the way. Yada, yada, yada. They may have have no idea what they went through, but you're right. We categorize it as you didn't go through our struggle, even though you had your own. We we, we saw Ukraine go through some some absolute the other week or the other year. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to give them maybe we don't have those basketball players here, but. It's it's so dumb. Like this this country can be super great, but it can also just be the most infuriating thing to have to deal with day in and day out. I'm glad you think it's great because someday more more times than not. It's I didn't trash. say it was I'm great. Sorry. I said it can be. No, 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 don't, don't you don't you do that? <laughs> it can be. No. When it comes to the sports the sports world, like I I will agree with you. For the most part, what we have is advantage. Now that said, no, this can be great. Sports-wise, yes. it is going to crap because of this fake patriotism narrative, and no one can literally let it go because they really do feel like, oh my God, if you don't do this and this or sing this or stand for that, then you're just one of us. When literally, no one really cares a rat's behind about any of that, <laughs> and it's still yeah, they still to this day. It's, it's, yeah, you know, you're 100 correct on that. They don't play up the. They don't play that up like in like 
Europe, like I went to a Premier League game, and they don't play the national anthem. They don't. They're not sponsored <laughs> by the 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 the, the uh, English Navy. You know what I mean? Like it's not like it's not like tons well, of ads America for the military. America didn't even do this until like what, like two thousand and. 2009, they, they went into a contract with the military, and that's when exactly. you saw all like the... We, so we weren't even a, doing it. It's a paid... Yeah, and then so they built into the culture of football, like... It, it's protect it, the it's, shield. That's what they want to do. Protect the they shield. Want, you're want, American. Uh, everything about America. patriotism around the shield of everything. And so it created, like, this false stigmatism. Like, you have to be superhero, awesome American, always kneel for the anthem, do everything the American way. And if you don't, you're perceived as some sort of villain. Um, well, they're, what they're also what they also love to do is is prey on the people like like Pat Tillman. Like they're using mm. they're, they're they're essentially weaponizing yeah. Pat Tillman against us and saying, well, if you don't stand for the anthem, that means that you don't mm-hmm. enjoy. No, no, that no, means no, no. you hate Pat Tillman and what he and what he exactly. And what he meant. And that's, that's not what this is. And here's the thing too, and I'm not sure when this will happen, but when will the end racism stuff? go off of the NFL at the back of the helmets and the like when when will it end when will it end so if that happens that means that we've (laughs) won right we've like racism is done the moment the NFL says that there is no racism right like we've won is that that's something that'll 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 never come off the back of that helmet that's I'm I'm gonna let Matt say I'm gonna say my answer to Matt go ahead Matt (laughs) (laughs) they'll come up with they'll come up with the reason to have it on there uh, as long as they can make money off of it somehow but, but see that's but to see like that that's but that's my point is that they yeah. want to use the flag they they, they wrap the nf they it's a marketing we tool protect, we protect the shield we protect the the flag the country and all this other like all this other bullshit. and then again well once all of those things are done does that mean that we're good like we won everything no it's, no exactly no exactly yeah. not but like that's but that's they're the a, it, going to, that's amaz- the they're going to portray it, though. It's an amazing marketing strategy that they employed. Like it's genius. It's I, but uh, it's because smart business, but it's dumb no, America. It's, yes, absolutely. It's dumb. It's because the average consumer, and I don't want to make fun of people, but the average consumer is Bud is light. is stupid. They're not. <laughs> there's not a lot of common sense in that. And the average, the average. <laughs> Thank you, Zam. <laughs> The average consumer of Bud Light is, you know, I don't want to hate on the consumers of Bud Light per se, but they're not a they're, sponsor. Blast them, dog! <laughs> they're, not, they're better than people who drink Keystone. I'll give them that. You know what I mean? Like it's. Mm. Hey, <laughs> you do not blaspheme Keystone in this Keystone. studio. <laughs> Keystone, my, it's better than drinking, uh, 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 what is it like a, a, a four loco or something like that? But yes, like their average audience in the NFL doesn't have common sense or have the ability to have a, 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 a rational creative thought that's not fed to them on yeah. by mass media or TV or what they see on ESPN or what they see on whatever news cycle that they tune into. They're not, that's what they'll believe is what they're being told. They'll never go and find out the facts for themselves. So as long as you have people like that, you're always going to have this built in audience who believes in what the NFL is telling you as far as, you know, patriotism, this and that, and um, so on and so forth. Like, it, there's always going to be those people that are going to drive that for the NFL. It'll never go away. Um, no, it won't go. It won't go away at all. Because I've already been on this train probably for like the last seven years, and I'm, well, I'm waiting for everybody to kind of hop on. The NFL has been is a joke. 
and NFL has been a joke when it comes to important issues like we were just talking about now. And because they always want to be reactive and not proactive. They always are reactive. And the thing exactly. about it is literally, literally, there's nothing necessarily wrong with what's been going on as far as taking a knee or anything like that. Because again, like I said earlier, we didn't care about that anthem. We didn't care about that flag for years. If, it could, if that anthem literally went away right now, Nobody, Nobody would care. Not one person would care. Well, I'll tell you this. We, they, they, would, they would care initially because this is how society works. Immediately, if you were to say we're getting rid of the flag, there will be an uprising for a moment. But football will still run this country. If you say, hey, we're not doing the flag, we're not doing the anthem anymore, you will see an immediate spike down. But within, what, three months, four months, It'll go right back to where it was. All the people who said they can't, if, they can't they can't deal without their football, and that's how that, the country works. If that Kaepernick kneels again, I won't watch ever again. And then, and, and, and guess what? Nike's Nike stock is high, and guess what? So are the NFL ratings. Super weird how much you guys are critical about this will never happen. Those I won't are the, watch it. Oh, it's, those are the same right people now. who who won't drink Bud Light because there's uh, different colors. Kid, Kid Rock is shooting assault rifles. So but like. Yeah, it, it's just, they're the same people. Same people. I won't drink a can of shitty beer because it has uh, a, three different colors for a gay pride flag. Well, guess what? You today. can go buy another shitty beer. There's yeah. 40 other of them. And then in three yeah. months, they're going to be back to drinking it. And that's, it, that's been my whole point for the last year and a half. It's so aggravating. It's like, <laughs> like Zeb, I, Zeb, I, Zeb I, need, I need you to come through because I see you. Are you wearing an Alabama like national championship ring? Because that thing oh. looks. A state ring, a state championship ring from Alaska. If it was, could I be called something? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, this one back home, this one back home, my head coach. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but the, y'all pretty much kind of made my point for me too, though, because like Matt just said, there, some people will sit there and say they won't drink a certain beer because it has the pride flag or whatever, but they drink something yeah. else. But the thing about it is, my whole point has always been people are literally picky. They literally are selective. The league does not want you to sit right there and people I'll play this. People will sit right here and say, you're supposed to stand for the flag. I don't want anything political in sports. They'll say it at nauseam on any post. Any it's group, wild any how people say, I don't want politics in sports, but then but put politics in sports and that's yes. the reason why they do stuff. Yes, exactly. Because yeah. if you if you absolutely notice, and I, when I say this statement, every time no one has an answer. You don't want politics in sports, but you will sit right there and advocate for breast cancer awareness. You'll advocate for Make-A-Wish Foundation. You'll advocate for domestic violence awareness. You'll sit right here and go to every hospital known in America and read a book. You'll sit right there and go to a Salvation Army, Red Cross, and you do everything possible like a regular-ass politician, but you don't want politics in sports. You are you, you can't, The damn athletes can't even wear specialized cleats for a cause. But you will sit right there and literally put in racism in the back. That's that's beyond hypocritical. That's called lo- that's called lobbying. That's, that's... Like the Olympics. Yeah. Can you can't even do that, dog? Can't do nothing. As soon as I put my fist in the air, I got I got twenty cameras on me, and like, why why'd you put your fist in the air? Because I wanted to. Why? And then if you don't answer the question, yeah, exactly. If you don't answer the question the way that those reporters you're not, want, you're not doing what you're supposed to do, boy. And that yep. is the most disrespectful thing. Like it's so, it's so it's, it's disrespectful. It's mad just because, like that, you don't want people sitting the near for the anthem. So let me just stay in the back and wait till the anthem's done, 
But as soon as I do that, now it's, oh, you still disrespect how? You don't see me. So You're in a losing really situation no matter what happens. And it's, it's, it is, it's so infuriating because what I think what irritates me the most is I've been pretty active on my podcast about being open about what's going on in the black community, uh, gay, like whatever, whatever. If you're a minority, regardless of what it is, by sex, gender, relations, religion, whatever it is, I've been combated with you're being woke. It's I'm not being woke. I'm just being reasonable. That's like I right don't there. understand how you. Can, I don't understand like how you can't just be a reasonable person and take people's lives and what they want to do if they're not hurting you let them be who they want to be like there shouldn't be this huge disconnect they it's bothered to me but there will always be a disconnect because everyone there always will be and you're 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 right i hate it i absolutely hate it but you're right there always will be i don't want it to be that way mm-hmm. but because like say and, everyone wants it that in their own particular way like say there's always gonna be this like for like anything racial related no one wants to talk about racism or racial relations but it's always around and it's then we always, talk there's it. always an undertone yes always and then and like the whole always. thing like even the whole thing about prime it got into a racial connotation to a degree because most of the audience that were really was sitting in the background saying hey we don't like this cockiness and this arrogance and all this other stuff was middle-aged white guys on posts and they're saying it not the right way to do things yeah, That's it's not the right way. It's the same thing with Ryan, baseball. Ryan like when, Day. Ryan Day. I will leave it. Matt, oh. I don't want to. I know you're an OSU <laughs> fan, but Ryan Day, my God, my God, we got to get rid of that. <laughs> Where's yes, Lou Holtz? Where's Lou Holtz? I, uh. I don't like Ryan. I don't like Ryan Day personally, but he wins a lot of games, so I, uh. He called out oh, an 84. He called out an 84 year old man who called him out. It's petty, really petty. Look, really I'm petty. Lou Holtz, and you can't talk to yeah. me that way. Yeah. <laughs> it was petty. <laughs> I, it, it was unbecoming of him. He didn't need to oh, do it. But man. he's. A, he, I don't. I don't like Ryan Day. He's no, a stop talking about me, Matt Zabrowski. I, 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 I loved it. Don't don't come don't come for me. I'm, I, I'll oh, stay, my, let me stay my, in my lane. My, oh I, I love man, it. Mario just said, "Ugh, F O S U." Mark. Mario no one likes Ohio State. Not, Nobody. It's not fine. A fan of you, Matt Zabrowski. Well, yeah, no one... too. Mario is Mario's Notre Dame all the way through, and they got a big win yesterday on Duke. So right now he's feeling himself pretty good right now. Do you I'm... think that Duke is actually good? They're, I think they're ACC's, coming. Yeah. Well, I, they I'm don't have Daniel Jones anymore, so they must be good, right? I think. I, I think Duke is coming works? though. He's okay. been building that program yes. every year. It's not always consistently winning, but they're starting to get players, good players. Mm-hmm. in over every year and so like they're good but also the ACC is kind of they, they see down to a pretty yeah. good degree because Mario, Mario's like mad at me too like, so you got he, said, he, he said don't do my coach like that Pete Scott <laughs> he, he hates me right now <laughs> that's, that's, that's wild yeah Mario he's, like, he's he's always been a really good uh, supporter of the show so when he when he's commenting I want to give him his flowers even though he's making fun of me but. Yeah, give Miss Rock. Like, he's, he's definitely up there with the sports crew because he actually knows what he's talking about too. But if I was yeah. to, if I was to get rid of Ryan Day, I would I would hire their wide receiver coach. Um, yeah, that's. But who's, who's, also, who's their wide receiver coach? 
Brian, Brian Hartline. He's the guy who's churning oh, out all these kids. Oh, I, oh holy, holy! F I hope my wife is not watching this because she hates Brian Hartline with a passion. Because eleven years ago, she drafted him on a Final Fantasy, or I, I said Final Fantasy. God damn! Like, th th like this is how much I like video games. She drafted him in a fantasy football league, and he beat her team on the very last play in like. Mm. 2000 and she holds a grudge, and she she holds a grudge. Man, yeah, have a, you ever a decade you, grudge? You, you know all women; they hold a grudge, and she's still so mad. It's a decade. Like at some point, let it, let that let that hurt go. Go win the next like, year. No, remember back when, you know, like ten years ago? You're I've, still been, that? I've been I've been married for eleven years, and I've been with her for twelve. We we don't we don't get to just. You're single, right, Zeb? I am. And Matt, you okay? You you are in a relationship, but you have not yeah. been married as long as I. I've been married for over a decade. Women don't let these things go, dog. I'll hold on to them. They're, they're, they're receipts. If, if she ever saw Brian Hartline in public, she would stab him. Hey, Sounds I'm like single, another person. But I have a sister. She goes. Back and she's not even though. Puerto Rican. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> That was, that, was, that was like that was that was not cool. That, that's wild. <laughs> Damn, all Brian right. Hardline. Brian Hardline's awesome though. He's awesome. He's turning down five star receivers like it's nothing right now. And I'm sick of him personally because I want some of them down here where I'm at. That's that's you know, I'm sick of Brian Hardline. He's taking he's taking like three or four of my one, including Marvin Harrison Jr. Who I knew that kid's. He's he's now that's the now that. Oh, Marvin player. Harrison Jr. Yes. Now that player Dude, he, is the, he these awesome. generational talent. Is he good enough player. for someone to pick him number one, like a wide receiver number I, I, one? I think it depends on who gets number one, or if someone needs thinks he of him that high that they trade up for him, and what would they is, give up? Is he eligible to come out this year, or is it next year? Yes. He, yeah. He's, he's, he'll year. Probably, he can, yep. Okay, so he can't come out this year. Mm -hmm. He's going top five because if, if so, Jamar so, Chase can go top five. Yeah. He can. But Matt, but Matt was asking, could he go number one? So like, let's number let's just say like, so the Bears right now are in a pretty prime slot. Do you think the Bears have, would take in number one? They have the first two picks. If they decided to stick with Fields, they yes. can go ahead and get him, and then they can go get uh, Fields some offensive line help. Wait, they have, wait, they have, they have the first two picks right now. They have the number yes. one and number two picks in the upcoming draft. I do it. Dude, I they, sure dude, they are taking way better than the Cardinals. I, I I would absolutely pull that trick for Mark Harrison. And then if you just Whoa. really want to get rid of fields, you then you just grab Kayla Williams. Good good luck to uh, good luck to the MC North. <laughs> good luck to him. If you get both those guys, if they if they end up getting the number one and two overall picks, yeah, you take you take Williams and you take Harrison, and it is a race after that. It is a boat race. Good luck. I can't wait to see these young stud quarterbacks coming up because I, that's what I'm trying to tell my Falcon crew about Desmond Riggs and all that. Like, look, the quarterbacks are coming. They're young, but they're super talented. It's loaded this year with talent. If they, everyone comes out like it's supposed to, it's loaded. If you did, if you just somehow wait probably another three years for the Arch Manning crew, they're loaded again. So you, the, these, the new age for the NFL parts is spread offense and throwing all over the place. It's going to be wild. And it's going to be bananas. It's going to be fun. Well, the, the yeah. NFC has a lot of catching up to do, though. And, cool. and this and this is this was something that, that I had out that I asked on the Chop It Up page a couple of days ago. Is, and it's not even just 
obviously in relation to the New York Jets because they're in the AFC. But do you see the NFC trying to be more aggressive in trying to either A, trade, not even just A, it's do you see the NFC wanting to trade up or trade for AFC pieces and be super aggressive in trying to poach QBs from the AFC to get to the NFC because the AFC top to bottom is bonkers and the yeah. quarterback the quarterback play itself is just off the charts or the NFC is uh, it's just, it's terrible. You have better teams and better D lines and O lines, mm-hmm. but the quarterback play is trash. Even even you like see, the rookies, you see them being aggressive. You like the rookies in the AFC, uh, Richardson and uh, Stroud. Like they look. Stroud looks good, man. Stroud looks good with his arm. He looks good with his feet. He's a good decision maker. Everything that the uh, Chicago Bears wish they drafted in Fields. So, mm. um, which I like Fields. I I, I don't know. Man, so many people hate that dude. I like him because I know how good he is, and it just doesn't make sense that he's this bad. At, well, today he was he was good, but like, it's him and it's and they Chicago. Still yeah, I know, unbelievable. Just they were by was, fourteen. I, I didn't even watch the game, but like, what do you? Do? It was up twenty. They were twenty-eight to three going into the second 20, half. Twenty-eight ten, something. Just God, Jesus. Yeah, so I think he has the ability, but once you break somebody and they lose their confidence it's hard to build that back as an nfl quarterback i like stroud richardson looks great with his legs um his thing is just going to be his accuracy as he gets older you also have trevor lawrence in the same division right whereas in the nfc south their weapons the are so much better than, like the, the like the jags have players yeah. everywhere and then in the nfc south the best quarterback in the nfc south is baker mayfield so mm. yes of course these teams are going to want to get some of these young that, that, that is wild to me that Baker Mayfield is the best quarterback in the NFC South. It's supposed to be Derek Wait, Carr, but so you don't think I was going to say you don't think it's Carr? Look at their offense; they don't score points even when he's on the field. Nine points yeah. today. Yeah, don't get I I still I still give New Orleans a little bit of a of a slack because they they have Michael Thomas, Olave, Kamara just came back, but. You got to score more than nine or seventeen points. You you do, but the reason why I always tell people I'm a little bit more conservative when it comes to my viewership is because I witnessed the worst professional football game in the history of the universe because it was Bills versus Browns in 2009 when the Browns won nine to six and Derek Anderson threw for like 18 yards. I remember that game. That is the worst. That is the worst game in NFL history, yeah. and I I almost quit football. Not even just the Bills. I almost quit football. Wow, that's probably that's one it. of our three wins that year in two thousand nine. No, that, I'm pretty sure that that was a Derek Anderson Pro Bowl year. I'm pretty sure it was that. Was it the year they won ten it, games it and didn't make the been. playoffs? I don't know. It was 2009 or 2010, but I wanted to, I, I wanted to stab myself in the neck watching that game. God. There's a long, long time where, like, if you flipped on the TV, and this was maybe before Red Zone or whatnot, or like the, if you didn't have the disc package, if you flipped on your the games on CBS or Fox, and you were stuck with the Bills or Browns game, you're like, damn it! It's like I gotta watch this for three hours <laughs> yeah, during another come, game until the afternoon. Yeah, here, here comes Spiro Didis. Yeah, they're <laughs> gonna. It's like. <laughs> Wow. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna talk about the only two good players on the Browns, Joe Thomas and Joshua Cribs, but they wouldn't exactly. talk about anyone else because the other fifty-three guys were were terrible. 
Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, I'm not talking about quarterbacks. I got I got Ritter as my quarterback, so y'all go y'all got it. So okay, actually that's that's a really good I was actually before we hang it up, I was actually gonna get to out to Atlanta for a moment. What are your thoughts on Atlanta going forward? Because I think that overall, like obviously Calais Campbell, he's gonna be hanging it up soon. But I think that Atlanta's made a lot of really good moves in the offseason. I think I think AJ Terrell is a really good corner. You guys have some good skill position guys. But at some point in time, either A, you either have to unleash Desmond Ritter or understand kind of what like the Jets are somewhat doing with Zach Wilson and realizing we have to move on. So are you in the camp of build around Ritter or would you rather get him the hell out of Dodge? So, oh, so you're just going, no, get him out of here. I would let if if you said that just straight off say straight release him, release him literally right now. If you're talking about trying to trade him, I wouldn't did I you would watch give, did you I watch would, the Toy Story film though? The Toy Story film, he looked really yes. good. And it, that's probably the best he's ever looked. <laughs> like I'm I'm on the I'm, I'm on the one person wagon of I would trade Desmond Ritter for a half eaten bag of Funyuns and a and a half drunken uh Fago. Get him out of there immediately. Because so, I'm sick of so you, so you are Dave Gettleman, except for that's Desmond Ritter and not Odell Beckham. Get, get him out of there because he's not good. He's he's not. He wasn't all that at Cincinnati. He was. <laughs> Mar- he was, he Mario was fine, but reference. <laughs> get him out of there. Get him out of there. He's okay, but he's, he's not going to help it. He's not going to get Atlanta over the top at but all. He's okay. But so but this Zeb, is. But Zeb, he's okay, and that's the whole thing. Is like. 80% of the league is just mediocre. My okay means you suck. <laughs> Damn! Oh, my you suck. Desmond Ritter's not going to usually lose you games. He did probably today with the two interceptions. But he's also not going to win you games. He's just... No. He's, I, he's like the definition of a today's... I guess, Jimmy Garoppolo. A, 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 mm. a manager of oh, the position. It's, like Ooh. he's not... Trend, they're not trend letting... Over. Yeah, and you can't. You're not going to win like that. And they had a good little young defense, but like you got to figure out how to get the ball to Pitts and uh, Drake Dude, they London. Have so many weapons now, and they run. They have three good running backs. I'm like, yeah. what the hell are you doing? But that's kind of the problem with Atlanta too, though. Where we've literally made bonehead decisions with a lot of these picks. Like you talking to someone right now that did not want Cal Pitts. I did not want him. I wanted Micah Parsons. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, and, and that's and that's fair because the yeah. thing that you have to understand is like, what do you need to reference? Because that's the whole thing is like Kyle Pitts. If and this is why it's like it's all circumstantial. Is if you put Kyle Pitts anywhere who has a quarterback, he looks like he's a monster. But right now, people are saying, well, like, well, he's six foot six and two twenty and runs a four four. The problem is he's bad at football. No, the problem oh, is bad. the problem is Desmond Ritter is bad at football. He, in comparison yes. to what he is. Also, people who are talking about tight end play don't realize there's more to being a tight end than just catching. Way, way more. Way and more. So he, he, he could be passer run blocking. He could be doing a whole bunch of other stuff, chipping down, like helping downfield. Um, but, like, mm-hmm. everyone thinks because Kelsey's going to get 10 and 102 touchdowns. Outside of, like, two or three tight ends, most guys, are, most guys are there to help uh, give the quarterback extra time in the pocket. Um, and sometimes they'll catch slant route or they'll Chip get a big first. Yeah, they'll, yes. they'll get a big first down. But guys aren't. Like, it's not. You're not throwing ten balls to 
just no. Cole Komet. Very, you know what I mean? Very like, few, yeah, there are very few tight ends who. So he, he's playing tight. He's playing tight end well. He's just not. He don't have a quarterback who can help with his offensive skill set, which is supposed to be fantastic. Yes. And he's just Ritter's not able to do that. So Zeb, um, like you're you're willing to just get rid of Desmond Ritter like right now, immediately, like without a second thought. Like I, would I, love I don't, I don't, I don't need him because I know what I have coming in for the draft class that's coming up. I want us to lead but, us there again for me. But team is good, and that's that's the thing that was like Atlanta is like Atlanta's They're still solid. relevant. I'm not look. I don't think Atlanta's winning a championship no matter what. So let's let's make that clear no. right now. The Falcons They're, to me are not winning a Super Bowl no matter what. But the fact of that you can win that division. It's a very winnable division. Whether you have Ritter or not, are you willing to tank? Because if you you got to like full blown tank to go get K, K, uh, to go get I Caleb would Williams right love now. to see Caleb Williams in Atlanta. I think that would be a great. That would fit. be awesome. Like, yeah, I'm like I hate the thought of you know of teams like literally tanking. But from a fan perspective, they sat right here and went like 13 game losing streak. I wouldn't be mad. I'm like, okay, that's fine with me because I can get Caleb. I got a shot at Michael Penix. I got a shot at Shador if he comes out, which has literally been the kind of the buzz around Atlanta. It's like, hey, can we get another That'd be Sanders cool. in Atlanta? Oh, my God. Could you imagine Shador yeah. in Atlanta? That would be absolutely crazy, not just from a cultural standpoint, but then I got then, you know, from a play standpoint, he will fit fine. Don't Do you think you're number me. 21 or number 12? Oh, he's rocking just too. Just He's rocking if, if the coaching situation's iffy at the time, do they hire <laughs> his, his dad if they draft him as well? Like, there's so many things – they could do if they were able to get Shador, but I would love Caleb Williams with those weapons they already have. The It'd running back is there. Long game is bonkers. And It'd be you got insane. A, you got a good little defense. They're young. Um, yes. And like the, that's what's crazy about the NFL. Atlanta was like horrible last year, but now this year we're looking at this team. It's like okay, like they've got pieces. They're missing this piece, and if they get this piece, now they might have a chance. To and, be and a that's contender what's crazy too, because we were, we weren't that good. We and yeah. we had somehow we still won seven games. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's scary. The Jets it, did too, which is yeah. stupid. Yes. So I've got to say, for Atlanta, for a Falcon fan as myself, it's super frustrating because we can't do shit right like we need to. Either we <laughs> we we mess up the tank, or we fuck up in the end when we actually are winning. It, it makes no sense. Like that, even Terry Fontenot, he's a really good GM, but some of these draft picks from like the last few years have not made sense. Like I said, we haven't had a general, a genuine pass rush since Vic Beasley when he had his one monster year. And if you want to go past further it was than that, year, wasn't it? Yeah, like he was like his second year in the league, I believe. The second year, but that was the 2016 I think season. And then after, but before that, John Abraham was our best pass rusher. Whoa, was that? And he played there forever. Jesus, that's a long time. Like yeah. that's why we had to bring in Dwight Freeney during the Super Bowl run. We had to get a pass rush. We still. I forgot that Dwight played for the Falcons. Holy hell! Yeah. Dwight Freeney was there. Um, the kid. Um, I forgot the other kid from. Uh, he came from like uh, Missouri. I think it was like uh, Golden. He kind of Marcus Golden kind of helped a little bit here or there, but we had Dwight Freeney helped out a lot. But we haven't had a pass rush in a while. That's why we could go back to the one draft that I felt like was going to help us turn around Michael everything. Parsons. With Michael yeah, Parsons would have helped this year. But yeah. the one the one pick that pisses me off even to this day is the Jake Matthews pick when we could have had Aaron Donald, who I was begging for. Oh, well, 
Okay, as a Bills fan, Zabrowski, you're a Browns fan, so uh, you, you, you 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 know my 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 you feel my pain when yeah. I hear Aaron Maben selected number eleven. Go eat a mother. <laughs> Get out of here, dog! Like it's, it's it's crazy. But what I have to say though, Zeb is like as as a Falcons fan, I had this as a conversational point a couple of weeks ago is. Will Deion Sanders ever get to the NFL? And does he want to? He has made it. He has made no. it clear that he that he wants to stay in college. But no. we, I don't believe a player, coach, owner, GM, DA. It doesn't or uh, AD. It does not matter. I don't. Ego. I don't. Ego. Believe, I don't believe it. Anybody what they say. He says he doesn't want to. I think he wants to. Could you imagine? And this is the reason why I'm saying this because you're talking about Atlanta for a moment. I believe if Shador does get drafted by the Falcons, I could see Dion leaving Colorado and going to be the next head coach that's, at Atlanta. That's what I was, that yeah, would be the most bonkers thing ever, and I don't think it's that out of control to think that that could actually happen. And that's what I was saying. I get the coaching in Atlanta at the time when his kid gets drafted, if it's if the coach isn't doing well or they just want to – do you bring in his dad and because of what he meant to Atlanta and what you think he could do with his son and, and how good his, his kid could be. And he's shown he can be a leader. Um, but I think prime is just you perfect for college. I don't think he, I think he'll test the waters. It's too, these guys have egos, big, big egos. Oh yeah. And, well, and, that, and that's my whole, that's my whole thing is like, I, 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 if you're if, gun to my head, I think he stays in college. But like you said, there's an ego, and I've always thought that way about it too. Is like he's gonna say, "I won in high school, I won in college, I won at JUCO, I won or not JUCO, uh, HBCUs, I won at Colorado, I want to win here, I want to prove I can do everything." I feel like there is an ego that comes with it because Dion. If you do word association with Dion Sanders, ego comes into yeah, play. Absolutely, that's the word. That's, I, why, that's fair. That's I'm not why I use the word? It's a good thing for him. Word, I'm not saying that he would. I'm not 100% saying that he will, but I would not be surprised at all. And if Atlanta has a chance to get Shador, at that point in time, I do think it's a wrap. I think I, I will give him a bit for that. Is it, is it is it very much possible? Yes. I I'm going to be on the eyeball. I'm going to say no, for the simple fact of Dion is just like Nick Saban to a degree. They won't control. You can't have much Ooh, control with the NFL. Nick still that, went to the, the NFL. That's the only thing that's bothered Nick Saban when he went to the pros. You think he you didn't think have control. A control freak like that? No, I'm, when I say like necessarily control freak, but they're they're the type to want to sit there and kind of have things their way because it's certain systems fit their way, certain people fit their way. Like they have control on that kind of angle. Like when recruits, you can kind of make your gotcha. pitch. Is that another? For the pros, it's just GM saying, hey, I kind of want this player in the gym to say, no, scrap all that. Boom, I want, we're taking this guy. You don't have any control. You are a coach. You have an owner above you. You have a gym that's right there with you. Like, all you can do is coach. As a coach for college, you making all the big moves. You are literally in home with moms and dads talking to getting high-level blue chips. You are literally making the call as far as, like, making what you need here for your facility. You're making those moves. Now, Dion gives me that kind of vibe to the point where it's like, hey, let me stay here where I know I'm at home. I can sit there and do what I need to do. If I just win eight to nine games in Colorado every year, they are happy. 
if I say to go to the pros at Atlanta and I win four routinely four or five, they're not going to be happy that long. <laughs> it's the Frank Beamer because, effect. Yeah. You could be at a school like like Virginia Tech. Beamer, Frank Beamer. Frank ah! Beamer. Frank Beamer won eight or seven, eight, nine, ten games every year, and he's the king mm-hmm. there. So he could do the same mm-hmm. thing. It's, I, I'm not saying they're the same type of person, but yeah, if you could sure. be somewhere. No, that, that, that isn't what yeah. I was trying to do. But it was, yeah. when, I heard, when I heard the word Frank Beamer, I was like, where does the association goes? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, it's, they're kind of the same. They're not big schools. They're not really known for football. Uh-huh. Those guys will be there for 10, 20, 30 years, and they're, they're the king of Boulder. They're the king of, um, yes. you know, that uh, of West Blacksburg. Virginia or, or, I mean, or whatever, I mean, yeah. Blacksburg. Is a, isn't isn't Tupperville like an actual senator in Alabama? Because yeah, you can just do it. It's it's the same thing. With Herschel Walker was running for senate. Like as long as if if you're relevant and you're popular, especially in sports, you just get to run stuff, and it bugs the hell out of me because like we were just talking about this politics earlier. Herschel Walker. Herschel. That's, 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 that's absolutely true because if Nick Saban were to sit there and hang up his head coach's head right now for Tuscaloosa and oh, he'd win in for right governor, now. it's a wrap right, right there. No yeah, question about win it. Right What's now. your platform, Nick, for Alabama to win more games? My platform is PlayStation <laughs> 5. <laughs> yep, that's all he would have to say. That's a good answer. Words. Like, if he wanted to sit there and actually put his ring in for, like, SEC commissioner, he would win right now, too. It's just that powerful. It's yeah, it's crazy. So to Matt's point, yeah, it, it definitely de- depends on what school you are at. Because if he goes to, let's say, Dion says, you know, Boulder's, you know, I'm kind of tired of Boulder. Let me go to Iowa State. Same effect, lateral move. You're the king of Iowa State. But if you go to a perennial all-time powerhouse, like Ooh, would you imagine Florida him at USC, USC, Florida State, Texas? Ohio State, anything powerful with big brand name, they known for winning. And he won't. I want him to go to Ohio State just to make Matt. Matt, would you oh. be bad? No, I, I mean, I think Ohio State's. We've been very uh, lucky to have the last twenty Ryan years. Ryan Day with my all my passion, by the way. <laughs> I don't like Ryan Day either. I'm very vocal about. I don't like. I'm not a big Ryan Day fan, and I don't like our fan base mostly because they're young, twenty-two year olds who have grown up thinking that this is really. This is, I feel like most, I feel like most Ohio State fans are like in my because I'm almost forty. It's young, twenty to thirty year, twenty 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 to twenty-five year olds who have only seen them really? win and don't remember what it's like that. to That's Bama fans too. Exactly, you ask Bama fans prior to like what was pre-saving. Do you know who Brody Croyle is? And they're like, "Who's Brody no. Croyle?" I'm like, "Exactly." Because like Brody Crowell, Mike Shula, Tyrone Prothor, they ain't gonna know all that. Yeah. Who's Sean Alexander? Wasn't he on Madden? I hate you. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was on Madden. Yeah, true. He was. He was yeah, yeah, but but if, if that's the Alabama, <laughs> is it is it that vitriol? Is it that terrible? Oh yeah, I hate my fan base. I've said it too many times. I hate them with a passion. With a passion. I actually, I actually don't like Bills fans either because. It's it's just like every, now that they're good, everybody wants to be a Bills fan. I was like, yo, you can't do that. I've been a Bills fan since I was five. 34 years of hatred, and I will smack you in the face if I see you. But Matt, like, so if you, ooh, let me ask you this. Matt, if you were to walk down the street, because you guys both live in Texas, I want to do, do an experiment. 
I want you to put on your phone the next time you see somebody who has an Ohio State hat and ask him what their their uh, uh mm. what their uh, not I said I was gonna think uniform, but what their uh their mascot, what his name is. If they okay. don't if they don't know Brutus, you have like you have to take fifty dollars from them. Take it from them. <laughs> yeah, you no, you have to do it, man. I do you one better. I'm all the way here in El Paso, and I ran into someone there here in this very restaurant at Wendy's, and they had a Bama shirt, and I saw it. I looked up. I was like, nice shirt. He said, thank you. I said, so you going to a game this year? He was, and he just looked at me like, well, I'm thinking about going to one. I said, which one? He said, LSU. I was like, you know how much they're going to pay? Yeah, I you got to pay out your pocket to get to that game? He just kind of looked at me a bit weird, like, what do you mean? Like, you do realize that game is in Tuscaloosa, and they're both <laughs> high-ranking that game's going to run you about 600 bucks. <laughs> Easy. And that's the upper deck. He had the most blank look on his face. I was just like, clearly you aren't from Alabama or you haven't followed like I do because everybody that's rational and has some kind of pulse knows that particular game has venom. <laughs> and yeah. the fact that you don't know that game's expensive tells me everything I need to know. I didn't even ask about the Iron Bowl. I didn't even stop. Like, you know what? Just you know, each each of your your Wendy's. you should have said is roll. What you should have said is roll eagle and see what he said. Roll eagle. <laughs> roll eagle. Like I was disgusted at that point. I didn't think about any or kind of any kind of comments. I was just I was just looking at him like, dude, just talk to your roommate, tell him about some tickets because literally that's how you get your tickets. He was like, I can. I'm like, I'm not even a graduate of Alabama, and I know that. <laughs> like, I graduated from Troy. I know the system. Just talk to your roommate, get the tickets, and enjoy the game. Or just watch from home, because right now you're pissing me off. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, before hanging up, do you guys have anything else you guys want to talk about? We, that's wild. We've been going this for an hour and 45 minutes. Do you guys have anything that you want to talk just, about regarding what sport is? I'll just say real quick about the Ohio State fans. The reason I say that is because I remember as a kid growing up where Michigan would beat Ohio State every year. We would lose three games, four games sometimes every year, fighting to get into the Rose Bowl. And then there's this 20-year stretch where we're in national championships, winning national championships, going to the playoffs, losing in the playoffs, but still getting there. And I could ju- I just see it just slowly slipping away just a little bit because you can't keep up that maintain that high level of success. And so when we lose a game, and I don't like to say we because I don't play the football game, when they lose a game, one or two games, like no. it's like, go ahead. It's I'm like the, the, it's like people lose their minds. It's like the end of the world. It's like, dude, like, have you ever not seen an Ohio State team lose a game or two? They're like, no. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. How old are you? Like, oh, like twenty. I'm like, oh, that, that's is. why. I'm so glad you said it because, like, that's the whole thing. Is like, I remember when I was in my early twenties, I used to say we. And then I don't know because again I'm almost forty now, I don't have that same connection, so I don't say we. I don't have that connection. So when you're like, well, we lost, it's like, well, like you just said, well, we didn't lose, the team lost. I root for you, but it's not. Uh-huh. I, didn't, I didn't have anything to do with it. I'm not lining up at starting quarterback or a linebacker. When, like. when did you come to that realization where you stopped using the word we? Because to me, it it took a while for me, but I ended up getting to that point probably like back end of my 20s maybe 20 20 oh, like 25 I I, and it's it's hard because that you root for them so we is like that's my team that's my squad but then you realize yeah. kind of how stupid you sound to other people like who might not be sports fans like, like we lost like so I... you're 
so you're on the team? Like, no, no, no. Just uh, I just I just said we because I, I they're my favorite team. No, I don't actually suit up, you know. So like, to an outside perspective. And that's the way that we talk about it, when we wrap ourselves in the flag of like, well, we, and it's like, well, we aren't necessarily in that, you know, like we're, we're, we're wrapping ourselves in the fake, fake, fake juritism or whatever we want to do, like in the wrap ourselves in the shield, like you said, like we want to say we do it, but no, we don't. The we yeah, people are the, are, are the fanatics, like the real yeah. fanatics. So the we people are those folks who live and die um, by their team and, We'll do wild stuff at tailgates, like the Buffalo, the Bills Mafia, throwing people through fire hey, tables. You, oh. Hey, you leave, you leave Bills Mafia. I love the Bills Mafia. And cable that throwing is, out of your mouth. I would love to hang out with those guys on a Sunday. It would be fun. But, like, those are the guys who say we. You know what I mean? They live. No, that hurts because everything behind me, like, resonates with what you just said. But you, don't, <laughs> like, you don't wake up in small town Buffalo in the dead of winter. And that's all you have to live for. There's people that... Be, I live in Alaska, for God's sake. I'm trying to juice it up like you live in a better place. All I'm saying is that like, in some of, the, in some of these, small, really smaller areas, like, that's, all they, that's all they have to live for during the winter is their football team. So like, for them, it's we. That's, like, that's what we got. Like Buffalo, Baltimore, Cleveland. Like those, types of, those types of areas, dead of cold, that's their team. It's just different than... The, the fan in those types of areas is different than you you're yeah. gonna catch on the West Coast. That is totally. The, the West Coast team loses loses the game. They're like, oh well, it's still 70 degrees in December. Who cares? You know. That's How about fair. you, Zed? Oh, so I like anything else to say? Oh, uh, not really much for like my YG too. Um, a uh, quick Bama point. Uh, we're not winning no national championship this year. Uh, give, I will be on record. Right now, and saying watch either 2024 or 2025, I think this this team has potential. This year, chalk it. Get ready for the uh, Holiday Bowl or Citrus Bowl, something else that some other bowl would probably smack around Iowa State or something. It ain't, ain't going to be no New Year's Six Bowl. Go ahead and put that in. If they end up doing it and get into a New Year's Six, don't, I, you won't see me rooting for it because, again, I literally just got on a podcast and said we're not getting there. So I won't, I, won't, I, I won't brag about it at all. I'm just like, you know what? They surprised me. I, do uh, have a I, I, I hope they win, but then I'm not finna sit there rude because I got on this podcast and said they weren't going to do it. So we got potential. I'm looking forward to next two years where I think that's going to be a natty in one of those years. Book that. Second thing I'm going to say oh. is uh, book it. Zeb went, take that for data. Book it. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I when, 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 I'm telling you now, when I sit there and say Bama wins a natty, they win the natty. I haven't missed yet. 2024, 25, they win it. I'm going to hit no record. Is it going to be the Natty Nice or is it going to be the Natty Nice? I just, just no, just Natty. Like, um, like <laughs> the, the, the Natty Ice people, yeah, they're down in Tuscaloosa right now, chilling something. Of course, I don't, I, I don't, I don't mess with those people. They're dangerous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is what I was looking for. <laughs> uh, second thing is, if anybody's not really following this particular person, I'm gonna want them to kind of go ahead and do it. Y'all watch Taylor, uh, Taylor uh, Porch's kid though. She's a, he's actually pretty good on that little league stuff though. He's actually balling for real. Wait, so who, who? Taylor Porch, Taylor Rose. You know Taylor. Oh, Taylor Rose. Oh, oh, her kid. Yeah, her name. Her, yeah, her kid. Her, uh, her Eli, right? Uh, uh, Carson. Ooh. Carson, she's that's gonna right. Be, she's gonna be mad if she sees this. Uh, <laughs> okay. I, thought, I thought it was, oh, it's Carson um, Lula, yeah, right? Yeah, I've seen Carson. him. I've seen some of his game tape. He's 
he's got he's, some he's, natural he's ability. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. he's actually he said he's a baller now for real for a kid. You know, kind of coming into his own. He played quarterback and running back. You know, he's a, he's pretty athletic. So you know, if you got, if you watch, you know, if she posts any kind of clip on or anything like that, yeah. people need to check it out. Though he's actually going. I'm actually kind of excited to see what he has going down the road. But well, he's only what ball, six or seven. Yeah, something like that. But yeah, but you know, you know, he got the pop one a little league. He does. He got some wheels on him though. Mm-hmm. Like I say, they do the pop big pop one of these. Do cost me, you know, the kind of like the AAU type deal for little kids. I yeah. think she said something about it. You know, they got invited to it already. So this might be a name to kind of watch out for for the future. He actually got some. He actually has some skill though. So Saban's gonna go know. out there and try to recruit him already. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So I won't be here when you come to school, <laughs> but Deion, San- yeah. Deion Sanders might. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, you you know, I can't, can't that, be mad about man. it. Can't be mad at stop that, dog. <laughs> can't be mad about it. He's not wrong. Slavin probably is probably trying to make a call or two, but you know, I mean, Link, he's it would, be, it would, it would actually be like Lincoln, Lincoln I, I Riley would be out there. That seems like a guy who would do that. To to be fair, I don't trust Saban with anything. Mm. Zeb, you you know what I mean. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's, mm. like I'm, say, not I'm not mad about it. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> but at the same time, did anybody really expect him to stay with the Dolphin? Like I said before, he's a person that want, that had, likes control, and he already he couldn't get control when he couldn't get Drew Brees to come down to Miami. That was the quarterback he wanted, and he couldn't get him. And I knew that was the final straw then. (laughs) I'm going to play the fifth on that one. So Mario said that he actually says we as well. Like, I'm not somebody who says it, but he's like, when I'm not paying attention, I say we. We all do it all all the time. I try to correct myself, but I think we all do it. Just it's something as a kid. You said you you root for these teams and you you think you're part of the team, and then as you're an yeah. adult, you start to get older. You, it's like it's silly to say that, but you still say it. That's just your inner child, just being like, because yeah. at the end of the day, these are the teams you've been rooting for for your whole life. So it brings out the kid in you when you watch your team play every Sunday. I like, think there's, a, I think there's a, a degree to that because there are some people who have that because I I I've been trying to catch myself more often and and not doing it because I'm like I'm not the person playing. Yeah. But every once in a while, I'll catch myself saying, "We." I'm like, God, I'm yeah. not actually playing, you know? <laughs> but it's the people who do it perpetually yeah. who I say, Get a you, you're putting too much of a phantom in it. So before we hang it up for the day, professional football, teams, and we'll, we'll hang it up for the night after this. Teams who made the playoff last year who won't, and you think might this year? It doesn't have to be both AFC and NFC, but either one. If you think one team from the NFC won't, and another team will, vice versa for the AFC. Is there somebody who you think that will not make it that did and will this year? The Bengals aren't going to make it based on what I've seen for the first three weeks, four weeks. They don't look. They got absolutely destroyed. Uh, by Tennessee today, uh, their their line play was. Did you dumb. have like, that? Did you have that in your mind before the season started, or is that just kind of like what's been I, going? The last I don't season? like. I I'll make predictions at the beginning of the season, but I don't. I it's not until week two or three, and I I know you it, it's almost cheating, but a little bit. But like they just there's yeah, something fundamentally true. fundamentally flawed with their team 
uh, you only scored three points against the Titans, and they got thoroughly outplayed on their. Uh, they got they were they were beat up. They were out physical by the Titans the whole game. Um, and then one team that I thought before the season would make the playoffs, I think it's a lot of people was the Saints. They didn't make it last year. They were close. Um, then they get Derek Carr. Uh, they have a lot of weapons. Their defense is supposed to, is pretty good. So um, their defense one, is really good. Yeah. One team. Well, today they let Baker Mayfield do whatever he wanted. Three touchdowns, one interception. Uh, yeah, but yeah, so Cincinnati so can... doesn't make it, and the Saints do. That's kind of where I'm do, at. And I'll probably stick you, to that. Do you think the Saints win the division? Yes, because I think they'll get they'll they'll get rolling here soon, and the rest of that division is not as good. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield next week, he's probably going to throw one touchdown and three interceptions. That's just what he does. <laughs> As a Browns fan, like that. <laughs> and I love, look, that I love. Right, that lives rent free, doesn't I it? love Baker Mayfield because what he did for the Browns was reestablish some sort of I give a shit culture to where, like, he might not have been the, the greatest quarterback, but he gave it his all every every week, even if he, he wasn't healthy. And so, like, I like him for that. He got us to the playoffs. Not us. I, I see. There we go again. Um, <laughs> I saw catch that myself. From <laughs> like they got, he got them to beat the Steelers in a playoff game, which for me, you'll forever be good in my book. Um, if you could beat the Steelers in a playoff game, because I haven't seen the Browns win a playoff game, uh, but once in my that I can remember in my lifetime. So for for that, like he's on a special pedestal. Um, but he's they'll fall back down, even though they're talented, and the Saints will figure it out. Um, once that offense gets clicking a little bit and uh, probably end up winning just 11 games by default because their schedules, you take a look at it. Like it's, and, the it's AFC, and the AFC North is getting beaten the hell up. Yeah. But at yeah. least you're honest about it. How about you, Zeb? I was already under pressure. I'm kind of looking at Cincinnati not making it myself. Because uh, honestly, AFC North, I had Baltimore coming out of it. I was high on Baltimore Everybody thought I was stupid for saying that over the past two years, and I'm so tired of people not trusting like, me. Anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm super like, bitter about that. Go ahead. No, you're fine. Like I said, I had Ravens coming out of it. I, I, I'm kind of like with Matt. I just don't trust what's going on with Cincy right now. They feel like they've gotten soft. If they're not really using Joe Mixon like I think he should be used. Yes, they rely on everything on Joe Burrow, and that's fine because he's the core important well, and, and Buffalo does the exact same thing with Josh Allen. And yes. Except for today, you saw, you saw finally Buffalo run the football. Yes, and they've imposed their will, and that's what Cincinnati is not doing. What they're do, what Cincinnati is doing is what Buffalo has been doing. Josh Allen, one hundred percent to your point. Yes, so I'm just kind I'm kind of not feeling sensitive right now. I'm almost one hundred percent agree with Matt on that. A team that will make it. Um, did the Lions make it last year? No, they were they, they they even though they beat Green Bay in the final week, they still didn't, they, they they kicked Green I'm Bay riding, out. They didn't make I'm it. riding with Detroit I'm for Lions for I'm Lions fans. Lions fans last year beating uh, Green Bay to keep them out of the playoffs was like a that playoff, was their win playoff win. Yeah, yeah, that but, was their playoff one. I knew they won is, labor. I didn't know it was like the playoff win. Had Chicago won today, I would have said there's still a chance. Maybe because I like I like the talent that Chicago has. They just for whatever reason they cannot just put it together. That's you fair. can't be up with, you can't be with fourteen points in the third quarter and blow another lead to the Broncos. That's that's fair. It's just something about Chicago. It's like they're getting in their own way. 
but I'm I'm definitely vibing with Detroit. But at the end of the day, though, Niners take the championship. Whoa! Oh, wait, Niners. so wait, you Niners. So hold on. Yeah, I was waiting for you to play that sound. If, if you got money, Niners. Not Chiefs, not the Eagles, Niners. Put all of your on the Niners. <laughs> really? I'm the going Niners. Niners. I'm going Niners. I'm loving that O line. I'm loving that CMC is healthy. But, but at what the same if? time, they, they, I'm, I'm, what if what? I'm, I'm waiting on that part. What if mm -hmm. we've run the exact same, not the same scenario, because I feel like if I say this, that's, that's being too hyperbolic and it's just me saying like, well, what if they don't have another quarterback? But what happens if Brock Purdy gets injured? And this is the whole thing. That's the whole thing. Any starting quarterback yeah. who has a, like if, if Josh Allen goes down, season's done. Tua, yeah. season's done. Like I get that. I'm not trying to do that. But San Francisco doesn't have like a real hierarchy of like, yes, they can, anybody can plug and play. But if Brock Purdy just can't even be competent, are you are you are you that I am you because oh, I'm because wow. me and Mario had this conversation last year because after uh Trey Lance went down with Mario Escalara? Yes, me and we talked oh, about he's, he's, Brock still, he's still in the chat because he, he just gave me the flex. because <laughs> me and uh, me and him talked about uh, Brock Purdy as well too, because he wasn't necessarily Providing with Brock Purdy because again he was Mr. Irrelevant. We didn't know a whole lot about him outside of Iowa State. It was just like, can he do what needs to be done? So are you? Get them over are you a Niners fan? I am not. I'm a Falcon fan. <laughs> oh, because I heard you say Atlanta, but like I, I thought that you guys might have been no, based no, on back, back and forth. But yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I talk with everybody about a little bit of everything. So me and Mark sure. talk a lot about ball. So I know last year we talked about Brock Purdy, and then Brock Purdy went on an amazing run, and for me. I like what I see out of Brock Purdy. I don't need superstar. I just need you to be smart, make the right play, move the chains, but keep simple, keep football simple. That's what Brock Purdy does. And he's he a, has, he, it seems like he's a better Trent Dilfer. I'll give him that. A he's, much better Trent Dilfer. He's Jimmy Garoppolo who doesn't. Don't you ever say Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> in my <laughs> He's just Jimmy. He's Jimmy Garoppolo who doesn't make the mistakes at the end of the game that Jimmy does to cost him the game. I think that's yes. what they're hoping Brock Purdy can be. Everything that Jimmy did, except for the limitations, yes. kind of with his arm at times, and then yep. making stupid mistakes when it really that's counted. Fair. Yep, I and I think I'm, I'm, so I'm, I'm riding with them because I love. I, I think they use CMC in a lot of different ways, but they don't do it so much to really just run him into the ground like Carolina does. They got Debo, Ayuk. They have Kittle that could pretty much is arguably is a really damn good tight end. He's top three, but I don't think he gets enough shine like he's supposed to because he's overshadowed by Kelsey. But oh, that Kittle? offensive line. But yeah, Kittle, Kittle. Like, Kittle had like one or two monster years, but it seems like he's like, he's I don't know. Really, it's not even just that. Like, I don't feel like he plays that much. It feels like yeah, he's, he's he stays hurt. Part of it. He stays hurt a pretty good bit, but he's on the field. He's a difference maker. Not just when for pass does, game, but like, for run game. Uh, I might, I might actually have to look because, like these numbers, I may have to look at those those numbers because I feel like I don't want to be the guy who says that George Kittle is overrated. I don't want to do that. Please don't fight me. I know I live in Alaska. Good luck getting to me. And Kittle, doesn't, to Kittle doesn't score you touchdowns. What he does is he gets you yards, and so I think that's 
He's he doesn't he scored a lot more than he last year. He scored like six or seven yes. touchdowns. Yes, but typically ten. he's only going to get ten. two to four. He scored ten, so he's going to get like four or five touchdowns a year. But what he where he where he's effective is on like getting first downs on third down, yes. he, he chunk yards. Fans. Yeah, and I love um, that about him because he don't have to necessarily score. When you have that kind of offense around you, there's so many people, so many eyes are literally around everywhere. That's the problem. Well, that was the problem with Niners in the first place when before they got CMC. Every all eyes was on Debo or Kittle. Now you got to worry about Debo, Kittle, CMC, even Elijah Mitchell, who's a yeah. very good backup running back himself. And, and you they still got that, have a really good offensive line led by Trent Williams. And they got that, that defense rip. though. Well, I'm that, I'm I'm coming here because I wanted to make sure that I had I wasn't speaking outside of my you know what I was going to say. So 2023, zero tips, nothing. He had 2013, or I guess it's this year. But last year, 60 receptions, 760 yards. Mm-hmm. Year before that, 70 sure. receptions, 900 yards. 2022, 48 receptions, 600 yards. 19, 18, and 17. Well, 19, and 18, he had 85, 88 catches, 1,000 yards. But, like, overall, he's been playing, what, one, two, three... He's been One, injured two, three, quite four, a bit the last five, couple six, of years. So, he's, yeah. so he's, he's, he's played for seven years and has 40 rece- or 400 receptions and 5,000 yards. That's not, like, dynamic. It's not. No. And the thing is, like, I understand, like, how good the dude is. but he's he, does other, not, he does the, he does the other tight end stuff. He does he's the like, other tight end stuff really well. But isn't that the real, whole reason why they have used Jeff? Is like to just be like, anyways, they're, they're fullback. But. To a degree. Because to, to, to me, George Kidd is very much a hard hat, lunch pail, constriction worship type dude. Like, he, he does, it doesn't have to be pretty, but it's effective. <laughs> and I love that about him. Because he's one, he's probably, because Travis Kelsey is going to get all the hype because he <laughs> can catch the ball. He can sit there and do his TikTok dance. You know, he's dating uh, fucking Taylor Swift now. He's going to get the pub. George Kittle, he says, you know what? I'm a nine, I'm a nine to five dude. I'm cool with that. Clock in, clock out. I'm out of here. I'm going home and drink a beer. I like. I'm, I'm to be fair, home. I'm not. I'm not trying to say that I don't like Kittle. As far as like when it comes to actual tight ends, he's one of my favorite dudes. I really do like him. I'm not trying to be that guy, but if you've been playing for seven years and have five thousand yards, and you're supposed to be that guy, it just it. Kind of, you know, in in context, depending on how you, again, like what, 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 how do you view tight ends? Do you view them more like Kelsey or more like, because 10, 15 years ago, those numbers as a tight end would have been crazy, right? The game's changed. Oh, right, yeah, exactly. So he's, he's, he does, I don't think Kelsey is anywhere near as good as, um, as him as like, Ooh, and I like, like pass blocking and doing the other things. Tight end talk. I like this. I, that's just Kelsey's a special offensive talent. He is. Um, you know, there's no denying that. But I don't think he 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 does the same things that maybe Kittle can do for his team as far as blocking and doing other assignments while right. still trying to facilitate getting those chunk yards. So why sure. I do think people value, I do people overvalue what Kittle brings to the table because they say Kittle. When you say Kittle's great. Most people hear, oh, does that mean he gets 100 yards a game and a touchdown? No, no, no. It's sure. six, 65, 70 yards of very important yards that move the chains, and maybe he does get a touchdown. But what else is he doing? Did he make a key block? Um, you know, is he is – he, Well, no, nobody wants to think about that anyways. Yeah. 
And so that's regardless, the thing. Regardless of position, like you could you could be a running back and pick up a blitz and nobody cares. Yeah. And then to me, I'm like, it depends on what you want out of your tight end in this day and age. Um, but there's only one or there's only there's only Travis Kelsey, and then like Hawkinson's pretty good, right? But he's not Travis Kelsey. Um, Mark Anderson. Go ahead. Let me let me ask you this because I, I saw an interesting comparison and they said, who's better, Gronk or Tony Gonzalez? Tony G. Tony Gonzalez. He's the, he's my goat. It's not even question. It's not a question for me. He's my goat. Really? Not even. That's not a second thought. Like is, I, it because, I, I, is it because of longevity or is it because nope. of numbers or I, what's? For me, if I say you're the goat, I factor almost everything in: accolades, numbers, skill set, and everything. To me. I don't see many people having Tony G's skill set like that. He just was just different. He could, How about he Antonio can't... Gates? Antonio Gates or Gronk? He's top five. Oh, oh. I'll take Antonio. <laughs> oh, now we, now we got a thought process. Yes. So the line of demarcation is Antonio Gates. I love this. Yeah, probably, because that's actually a little bit closer for me. I'll probably edge it. He played a lot more games than Gronk. If you, if you go in career... That's actually tough because if you break down Gronk's numbers, is that is it doesn't equate to Gates. It doesn't really equate to um, no. And, and that, and like when you when you look at their numbers, like Gonzalez played almost twice as many games and had yeah. a bunch more yards and a and, and more touchdowns. But if you were to extrapolate it and With put, that, it, yeah. and, and put yeah. it into the if you, and, if you made everything comparable, Gronk would exceed Tony Gonzalez. And, um, and you, you could say Gronk's. Gronk's numbers were more is more beneficial to winning. Quarterback it's like yeah, he had yeah. like, what, was Gerback for a couple of years, like a little Brody yeah. Croyle in there for a couple of years. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> <That's terrible. laughs> but I, it, but like, and he played for Atlanta. Sorry, yeah, Zach, he had mad for like three years. <laughs> no, he had mad for four years. He did. That's to, true. To do what him and Gates did for 15, 20 years that's at crazy, a super man. super high level. Being expected to not only—it's a versatile position. It's a really hard position to play. It's like um, you're doing much more than just running a route. Um, yes. I, and so to do that at that high of a level, uh, but what Gronk did in a smaller vacuum was super impactful. So like it, it is. It, what do you want? Longevity, longevity with all the stats. And that, and that's the thing. I, I feel like more often than not, then we will we dumb it down to as sports fans is just longevity. Well, you did it for twenty years. Okay, well I did it for twelve, but I was better than you. I mean, I have the numbers because I wasn't a compiler. Sorry about that. And I just and think I Tony, still, I was still I better. Think, than you. I just think he was so good for a bulk of those twenty years. He really was. But it Zeb, wasn't. I, actually, I want Zeb. I want. I want. I want to bring something to you real quick. What about Kyle Pitts? Because that's he's getting into that realm of we get to that. Well, he's not very good. No, he's good, but they have a run heavy offense. And that dude has the he has the ability to be one of the best tight ends or slot receivers, or however you however you want to quantify this guy, he has the ability to be one of the best, whatever label you want to put on him. Of all time, but his circumstance does not dictate it. Do you think yes. that would you rather see Atlanta move on from him and get something back because they clearly can't get a quarterback? Or like what like what do you want from this guy? And I told you guys I was gonna be done with this, and that was 15 minutes ago. And I'm sorry, if you guys need to go, just no, tell me to shut the hell up and move out. 
I'm going to preface my answer by saying this. I am an old-fashioned type mindset when it comes to football. I like simplistic. I love trench play. I love defense. I think Atlanta's best years were when they ran the ball and they played good defense. The T.J. Duckett years. Yes, T.J. Duckett, Warwick Dunn, uh, Michael Turner when he was like – I love Michael Turner. Yes, when they could run the ball, even with Vic's years when he wasn't necessarily pretty much a highlight, walking highlight reel, they could run the ball. We had the number one rushing attack for like two or three years with Vic there. That's great. But we just didn't have the outside weapons to kind of help him out. And 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 Vic himself admitted that he didn't study film. So we were just winning games based off athleticism, and that's scary. For us right now, I I would not be mad if we got more walked away from Kyle Pitts if we sat here and actually built the team properly around trenches and defense. If we get a dominant defense, I be, I wouldn't be mad about it at all. But right now, we're not dominant in anything. We're just out there. Like our run game is good, it will get better because Bijan is an absolute stud. That dude so, is ridiculous. He's, he's ridiculous. So did you guys watch the Toy Story film? Because I watched all twenty-two of the Toy Story film. I'm pretty sure I'm locked in. <laughs> but he, I, I'm not mad about the Bijan pick at all because I was literally someone that was trying to get Jalen Carter. But when they said Bijan, I was like, you know what? I'm fine with a one-hit, one-two-headed monster with Bijan and Algier. I'm fine with Jalen just Carter though. God, yeah. he's so good. He's a like. He's out there and you watch him and it's like I feel like he looks like he's been playing in the NFL for ten years. And yep. it's just like it's seamless. He's the best player on the defensive side of that ball and he's a rookie. Like it's it's crazy yep. how good that kid is already. He, he's ridiculous. He's yeah. ridiculous. And so is Nolan Smith, who's not getting no shine because he's hurt. But he's gonna be just as crazy in the, in the it's just it's Philly Philly is set up for a good long run if they do it right. But for the sake of the argument I am riding with Mario and his Niners, though, because I think their defense is just overall better. It is completely overwhelming. San Francisco is like it's bonkers. Like nobody has an answer. And they like this. It's a crescendo. Like if they start, they build it up, and then by the end of the game, it's thirty-four to fifteen. When there was like going into half at seventeen ten, they've been bullying the team around, and then they just slowly just step on their throats and just. Put him out with the kill was, shot, and then was, and that was it. dark, Matt. What? That's what they do. They they will stay slowly, beat you up, and then they put you out of your misery. Just put a pillow on their face slowly. Go to sleep. Yeah, so basically, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. yeah. It's that's what they did to Pittsburgh week one. That's what they've been doing all season. Like to the Giants the Dude, other the other San, week. San it was seventeen seventeen ten in the first half, and we got a ball game. Like no, we don't. Because they're going to come out in the second half and impose yeah. their will. Because they're that much better on the defensive side of the ball. They they win on both sides of the line. Uh, like they're the only question mark, like you say, is Brock Purdy. If you do, you believe in him or you don't. But I'm with Zeb. Like I, anything can happen. And but they're just one of the teams that I that's going to be there at the end of the year unless something really bad happens to them. Um, to where that like they have to be. A Super Bowl favorite. I mean, them winning it would not be a shock. I wouldn't be shocked if in February they they won the Super Bowl. They're due, the, but the I, N- it wouldn't be a shock. Pretty, yeah, the NFC is pretty top heavy though. Like we know it's going to be either Philly or San Francisco, maybe Detroit. Maybe, I was going to say maybe Detroit, maybe Dallas. 
and Seattle, no, I don't think so. Um, I, don't, I don't like Seattle that much. But New, New Orleans defense, maybe. But, yeah, it's like two or three teams. Yeah, there's um, like – yeah, exactly. But the AFC, like, it could be Buffalo. It could be Miami. It could be Kansas City. It could be yeah. – well, I want to say Cincinnati can get it together. But if they do get it together, it could still be them. But, like – the AFC is obviously sort of like the more dominant conference. Yeah. The NFC is just you got three three or four teams, you know you're good. The AFC, man, you guys are just gonna beat the hell out of each other. The gauntlet. The Ravens yeah, are there. Like it it's is. just there's a lot of really good talent and really good teams in the AFC. Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you what, you guys have anything else you guys want to throw in the into the docket before we hang it up? I'm good. It's been two I'm good, I'm I I say this every single time I do this. I told my wife, I was like, it'll be like 30 minutes, maybe an hour. And she's like, no, no. And well, and I was my like, lady, won't, my lady's been popping her head and she goes, are you all right? I saw, like, yeah. I, I saw you. Cause I, I saw your hand go up and you're like, I'm sorry, hon. It'll be just a moment. <laughs> I said, you wait until I'm done. That's, that's how it went. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, no, in she, your mind. She's yeah, the boss. In, yeah. Internally, you said, I will be done when I say I'm done. And you're going, yeah. oh, my God, please don't yeah. hear that in my thoughts. I'm, like, I'm just kidding. I'm I don't have kidding. that problem. I answer <laughs> myself. Remember, remember, fellas, it's, it's always you. It's, it's, it's never them. It's you. <laughs> Zeb, you're not married, though. Dog. Like, I know. You don't, you don't get to still, say that to us. Uh, well, I'll say it for myself. It's me, not them. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love you so much. She's having she's having uh, like uh, her birthday's tomorrow, so she's having like a uh, girls' night. Oh, happy and birthday! So, happy birthday! Yeah, man. so I gotta get the dogs, and I'm gonna be in my office for the rest of the evening. So I just got stuff I gotta do for her, so she doesn't get mad at me tomorrow. Um, um, yep. Happy wife, hey, happy, happy life. Happy, there you go. Yeah, yeah happy spouse, happy house. Gotta get out. Of, gotta get out ahead of it, so I don't get yelled at. Tomorrow tell sugar. Night. Tell sugar I love her. What, what, what was your other dog's name? I've got Sugar. I didn't name these dogs, but Sugar fits real well. Angel, and then I have a new fucking dog. She's a nightmare. Um, <laughs> Bella, she's a Dotson, and she just doesn't shut the hell up. But <laughs> they're good dogs. So well, tell Sugar I love her, and the other two shut yeah. the hell up so you can get some sleep. Yeah. No, they're great dogs. So they're. I can hear them waiting outside my my door, ready to get in. Uh, <laughs> that's, the way, that's the way it goes. All right. So thank you so much, Zeb. And Matt Zabrowski, this has been Chopping It Up with P. Scott. You guys can catch out the audio version strictly on Spotify as well later on. You guys, thank you guys so much for your time. Zeb, Matt, Sugar, and everybody in your guys' household, stay up, stay blessed, and we'll catch you guys in the next one. See you. See you guys.